Hey, what's up? Happy Halloween, Dumpster Dwellers. We got our final Trick or Trash episode today, and my goodness, uh, it's a doozy. It's a good one. It's probably uh, one of the best Halloween movies ever? Question mark? Maybe? Yeah? I think so. We're talking Trick or Treat from 1986, directed by Charles Martin Smith. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor. I don't like hair metal McGraw. What? <laughs> anyway, welcome to the dumpster. All right. Okay, now we're talking. <laughs> okay, there's a plan. Now, what is the plan? Nail them all. Remember? Revenge. Remember? They are. Isn't that a little chancy? I mean, this is Halloween. All the creepy things were supposed to stalk the earth. It deals with demons. Demon resurrection and those forces which roam the forest and dark bowers of man's domain. The first few pages warn that these enduring creatures may lie dormant but are never truly dead. It's Halloween, gentlemen. Halloween, have you forgotten? They're coming to get you, Barbara. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled one good scare. Trick or treat. Are you out of your ass? <laughs> it's, a, it's a good way to send the masses at me. At me. Oh my goodness! This. Uh. I, here's the thing. I don't like it, but I love this movie. Okay, but so you don't like any of the soundtrack? Is that what you're telling? <laughs> Uh, here's here's my problem with with hair metal. Um, I can't not find all of it to be really just annoyingly cheesy, uh, and it it all sounds just super silly to me. I don't like Guns and Roses. I don't like White Snake or fucking Quiet Riot or any of those things. Whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait. We're not talking about hair metal, man. We're talking about like Black Sabbath. Ozzy. Oh, that's fine. Anthrax. I mean, I mean, there's definitely some hair metal in this movie, but it is more like yeah. yeah. Sabbath I mean, well, and, you want yeah. you want to know why? Because like Fastway does the soundtrack, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Also, if you had a Venn diagram of like hair metal and the like black metal, or like eh, whatever you want, whatever you want to categorize old Black Sabbath as, like there is a section in the middle that's both of those things. Sure, but well, like, and we're talking about '86. Like, there's definitely some cross pollination. There's a ton. There's a ton of bands out. But I mean. Slayers out, like all that kind of shit is out right now, right? But I, I just, I don't know why they got Fastway for the sound. We'll, we'll get into it later. But like, yes, Fastway's more like a Scorpions type band, not like, you know, not like a Sabbath or not like a Megadeth or not like an Anthro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. But it still fucking rocks, dude. The fucking goddamn title track, Trick or Treat, is amazing. Oh, it's great. When it came on, I was like, wait a second, is this like an original song? And then when he starts saying. Trick or treat. I was like, yep, I guess <laughs> yep. so. <laughs> yeah, this movie's fucking fantastic. Um, now, we did Night of the Demons for Halloween last year for our Trick or Trash uh, finale. Um, and we have another fucking banger this year. Um, also powered by, like, punk rock and, like, goth rock a little bit? Sort of. I mean, we're had a, a, kind of had a feeling of it. I mean, there's a there's a whole bunch. Well, I mean, we'll get into it, but there's a, there's a bunch of different kind of mixed things in there. It's a lot of angsty shit, right? I mean, that kind of goes yeah, yeah. hand in hand with like 
a lot of heavy metal, a lot of fucking uh, goth rock, a lot of that kind of shit, you know? So I uh, I actually pulled up a few of the uh, goings-on around the time of this movie's release because I feel like it was kind of in response to some of the things that the general public and lawmakers were having to say about this kind of music. Um, I'm going to say yeah, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's in the fucking movie. Like, yeah. straight up. Oh, like, yeah. They, they go in on that. Yeah. Um. So, in the 80s, for those who are too young to remember it or just don't know, uh, uh, America was worried about the devil getting into you through the power of fucking rock music and Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I mean, they were... <laughs> There's fucking people out there to this day that thought Elvis was going to fucking make you... I don't even know what they were worried about Elvis, to be honest. I guess swinging his fucking hips or something. A little too sexual for people. Right. Yep, because moral panics are always rooted in something really fucking stupid. And it's always a fucking old person going, that's fucking... That's... What what is that about? That's weird. Sickos are giving away their THC-filled candies to kids (laughs) on Halloween... Ban it all. How dare you give out ecstasy from your doorstep? No mother, no fucking druggie is giving away drugs. I know! No one's doing that! For, like, are you an idiot? No drug manufacturer is handing out their, their MDMA for free. Huh, I could pay my rent, uh, I could pay my car payment, or I could just use all this money I spent on my weed candy and just give it to little kids yeah my buddy mark posted something like oh you better watch out they're giving away heroin in the candies and i'm and he was like no fucking junkies giving away their heroin in candy <laughs> yeah oh my what God. are you talking about anyway so this there's a there's a bunch of stuff that happened in this decade threatened this there was a uh, judas priest backwards messaging trial uh, Geraldo Rivero had a, a, a special called Devil Worship. Uh, but I think the best part of this Just a reminder thing, that Geraldo always was an asshole. Yeah. For Judas Priest, by the way, like, what? Yeah, okay. So, uh, D. Snyder and John Denver uh, uh, came together. <laughs> what? I'm a, I'm an advocate of the backwards talking. Oh, well, they came together to basically say, like, this is ridiculous. Like, you're, you know, it's it's First Amendment rights, and, and you can't. Okay. Music won't corrupt your soul is essentially what they were coming together. Yeah, I didn't know where you were going there. That was, a, that was a combination and a half, let's say. You fucking trying to censor us, man. We'll bring you down, man. We'll bring you down. Uh, other stuff like Richard Ramirez, Night Stalker, leaving an ACDC hat at a crime scene, which was somehow connected to ACDC will turn you into a serial killer. Oh, that's like the Child's Play 3, oh. turning people into serial, turning the kids into serial killers. Remember that one? Yup. Uh, so it's a bunch of, like, indirect, loose, uh, easily, uh, uh, easily provable arguments that all came from old people who don't understand the, uh, the source material. Like, listen, th- th- this isn't fucking, like, the black metal scene in Finland where, like, mayhem's burning down churches. Like, Exactly. What the fuck were people thinking? I don't know. <laughs> where people were actually murdered? Yeah. Well, that's what I was gonna say, too. Like, this is, like, borderline black metal, right? Like, so, like, the shit that happens in this film and that's associated with it is usually attributed to shit, like, black metal where you're talking about like witchcraft and fucking murdering people and corpse fucking and all that kind of shit you know what i mean yeah i think there's a documentary about there was a band in sweden that i think the the lead singer is in prison for life because he killed one or two people mayhem yeah there we go mayhem yeah uh yeah i think it's mayhem i mean i'm not i my girlfriend's more of the expert in that area but uh the way i understand it is the guy euronymous uh egged on the lead singer death to essentially kill himself because the guy had suicidal thoughts for years okay and he did and then Euronymous went to the house and took part of his brain matter 
I uh, made a necklace out of the skull, uh, took a picture of the scene and used it as an album cover. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what, I think it was one of the drummers or guitarists, I don't remember his name, so don't quote me on it, fucking killed Geronimus years later and tried to argue that it was in self-defense even though he stabbed him like fucking 40 times. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. And that guy's, I think, actually uh, set free now since then. That is way more insane than I thought. <laughs> and I, like I said, I don't have all the details right, so uh, don't sue me on that one. But that's if that's what you're talking about. I uh, think you hit the big chapters with the brain matter necklace. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but like Joe's saying, <laughs> this movie definitely is looking at like... You know, it's looking at fucking... I mean, Sabbath is the example, but, you know, fucking Ozzy himself, for God's sakes, uh, makes an appearance in this film very tongue-in-cheek. So does Gene Simmons, so, like, you have yeah. that kiss thing, too, where... It's kind of like a little bit of both sides of the aisle, I guess I would say. K- kind of? I mean, I guess they all kind of fall into that group, kind of. Right, right. But I don't think about kiss when I think about Black Sabbath, and I don't think about kiss when I think about, like, Venom, you know what I mean? No, but if you remember... I mean, Detroit Rock City, man. They're trying to get to that fucking Kiss concert, and the church wasn't letting it happen. Gene Simmons is the demon character, but I, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Yes. I don't think about Kiss, period. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, but I, I'm like, in the context of what we're talking about, like, if you think about the movie Detroit Rock City, which obviously came out much later, uh, was, like, all about this topic, essentially, right. when you really think about it. Well, that's the thing, too, right? So, like, at, at its core, it's just teen rebellion. No matter what, yeah. whether it's Kiss or fucking Venom or or whatever band you're talking about, right, right, um, in this kind of in the rock scene, right, do drugs, do shit you're not supposed to do, have sex. Um, it's again, it's that that angsty teen kind of shit. Well, and I th- I think also, and you know, granted, none of us lived through this. We just you know read about it or or you know listened to these records after the fact. Sure, you got to think, you know, the way this movie displays. Uh, the culture, essentially, where this guy Eddie is the metalhead and kind of an outcast in this yeah. fucking school full of jocks and just generally just like shithead people. And uh, I just have to imagine that's what it was probably like back when this stuff was first starting to pick up. Sure. I mean, I think I think tropes like this have existed throughout the 90s and into the early 2000s and then just kind of faded away because now I feel like music and popularity and even the people that are losers quote unquote are still not like they're they're still consuming the same media that the quote unquote popular kids are right i feel like especially in this day and age i don't know i i'm not a kid now so i don't really fucking know but i feel like it's just a big gray kind of nothing that is just congealing together i mean yeah and i mean granted like joe said I mean, none of us are in fucking school now, but I, I, I doubt some of the things that are allowed to happen in this film would be allowed to happen <laughs> in uh, maybe not every school, but most schools would definitely not allow some of this shit to go on. The, the good old lawless lands of 80s school movies. Yeah. Yeah. But or like even schools. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, I feel like it's all glorified, but like especially now, like the being bullied and shit like that, like is not tolerated. No. No. But that's a whole nother fucking discussion. Anyway, this is kind of like um, another film that I really like um, called Black Roses. And it's it's almost the same kind of thing going on, except there's there's more than uh, one main character. Like you have multiple people um, being influenced by this by this rock band that's a bunch of demons um, and getting them to do things that are, you know, bad shit, you know, have sex and kill people or whatever. Oh, no. 
mostly about the 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 sex, not less so about the you know killing people. Yeah, well, they're like killing their parents and shit. It's kind of like almost companion piece to this, in in my opinion. Don't have the sex. God is watching. <laughs> uh, Joe, do you want you want to give us a little bit of a plot crunch here for anyone that hasn't seen this movie or needs a little bit of a refresher? Um, okay, so Eddie Weinbauer is a teen something um, who refers to himself as the Rag Man. And um, he has this uh, rock idol, Sammy Kerr, that he pen pals with, right? This kid's a loser. He he only has one friend, Roger, who's, a, like, the other biggest loser in the whole school. Yeah. <laughs> friend, friend being a very light term, by the way. Yeah, kind of the only other person that'll hang out with him, right? Because nobody will hang out with him. Guy whose phone number I have. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, his idol, Sammy Kerr, dies, and he kind of... Um, loses faith in like living and people and shit like that, and because you know one of his idols died or whatever, and then uh, his friend at the radio station ends up giving him uh, Sammy Kerr's last album that he cut before he died. Right, it's his acetate uh, record um, with the last album on it. So he takes it home and um, ends up playing it backwards and releases Sammy Kerr from. The album in which he has magically uh, put himself into via his death in, in, a, in a black magic practice. Um, and then, um, yeah, Sammy Kerr comes back, helps him get revenge on the bullies at school, but um, wants Eddie to uh, kill these people. And Eddie's like, no, I ain't fucking doing that. And then uh, he has to do battle with Sammy Kerr and stop him from broadcasting himself Across the world. Oh my god, he's Job. <laughs> <laughs> he's the same Kerr as the lawnmower man. I wonder if he learned how to do that from Charles Lee Ray, you know, how to get himself in an inanimate object. It's possible. Is there some, is there some Dimbala shit going on here? <laughs> he, was like, he was like, dolls? How stupid. That's the thing with the black magic in this movie. It's all very kind of glossed over. It's like, oh yeah, he yeah. was doing a ritual of some shit and he, he wrecked it, backwards talking, demon, done. It works. No, it's solid. Yeah, it's it's, it's like, we, you aren't privy to those details. <laughs> don't worry about it, it's fine. I don't think you need them, because, you know, I mean, we're about to get into it, but I think this movie does a really good job of taking all those tropes and things that people were afraid of during this time period, mm-hmm. and just, like, using it as fucking fire, or a uh, feel for the fire in this film. Yeah. So, before we get into the meat and potatoes of this, um, this movie has four writers, which is usually a big red flag, right? Woo! Usually a bad sign. It's usually an awful sign. Um, but that's not the case here. I think it's, I think the team here only improved everything working together, uh, especially for the way that this is written and how it pans out and all of that stuff. But we got some, we got some all timers here. We got Rhett Topham doing the, uh, original story and writing the screenplay, uh, who's, he's responsible for 976 Evil and 976 Evil 2. Michael Murphy, who produced District 9 and Dread and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Holy shit. (laughs) And uh, a great flick from the 80s called The Supernaturals. Um, He's responsible for that. We got Glenn Morgan, who wrote Final Destination, the Willard remake, and the Black Christmas remake from 2006. Not the new one, the 2006 one. Uh, So not the remake of the remake, but... The remake. Fuck me, man. Not the (laughs) re-remake. Hard pass on that shit. Is that new movie, like, just a quick aside, how can you even call that movie fucking Black Christmas with that trailer they have put out? It's not Black Christmas. It's it's just the IP. I, I don't know why that... I don't even know why they use that IP. Like, 
What do you think? We're all fucking stupid that like Black Christmas? Like, of course we're not going to go see this piece of shit. It looks terrible. It's a refried bean, okay? Like, there's no <laughs> point in going to watch it. <laughs> refried bean? Did that thing was shit out of somebody's ass and then eaten again and then spewed out and then there oh, you go. Good lord. Like, I've had this meal before. I don't need it again. No. Uh, and then our final writer is James Wong, who I believe directed uh, Final Destination, and he wrote and directed a bunch of episodes of American Horror Story. Oh, yeah, and you know another movie he directed that we all love here at Movie Dumpster? Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> he oh, sure did. Oh, my God. That fucking winner. Bring me back to a dark time, Joe. I have to slide this in somehow, but it was produced, I'm sorry, distributed by a De Laurentiis Entertainment Group, uh, a.k.a. Hey, Arnold, you cannot be called <laughs> Good old Dino. Dino De Laurentiis, who is what you think of when you think of Cigar Swilling, Honey, Get In Here, uh, uh, kind of executive producer from Hollywood. I make the movies and I put them out. Yeah, exactly. There's a great interview with him and David Lynch where he talks about how he's like, ah, David won two hour, I won three hour, and uh, I kill movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, we might as well round it off, though, because we got this director, Charles Martin Smith, mm-hmm. and uh, I was looking at his fucking series of movies that he directed, and it's like, this guy directed fucking Air Bud. <laughs> Which is crazy to me, because this movie is put together so well. Yes! And it's like, how did you go from this to fuck? I mean, I guess you gotta eat, right? But fucking Air Bud? Come yeah. on. Yeah. A ton of kids' movies, uh, you know, or, or, you know, like, family films he did. He did this series called, like, Dolphin's Tale, Dolphin Tale 2. He did another, like, recent, like, one of those Follow a Dog Around the Country movies that came out, like, a year or two ago. But he made this. I'm I'm looking at his, his filmography, and it's, like, us. Oh, he also did, I forget the exact name of it, but he did a movie that was based on the characters of Boris and Natasha from fucking Bullwinkle. But it was just them. And it was a live action film that he did, I think, either right after this or right after Air Bud. Oh, God. From the Rocky and Bullwinkle expanded universe. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, RBU, I guess? Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, we don't talk about that universe. I'm surprised it didn't get made, just like that uh, Aunt May spy movie that Sony wanted to make. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> no, nope, we can't. We can't go to that rabbit hole. Different story for different Please, day. please. I don't want to. No, no. Also, uh, bring yeah, bring it, bring it around the bases here. We got we got a young Kevin Yeager doing the effects here. He's still two years out ah. from doing Child's Play, um, but yeah, he's he's doing all the fucking cool effects in this film. And Chris Young is okay. So the so the whole soundtrack that's all rock songs is the band Fastway, and they do the title track, and they do you know all the other uh, rock songs throughout the whole film. Which I thought was a cool thing to kind of do, like hire them to write a soundtrack for the movie so you could just have all these, you know, cool rock songs in it uh, rather than try to license them all out. Right. Right. And you could also kind of play up the idea that, you know, this guy's band made these songs in theory. Sure. So yeah. It's not just a, uh, actual band, just music in the film. Right. It gives the illusion of Sammy Kerr as an actual artist rather than, you know, throwing again, like Black Sabbath in there or Megadeth or something, you know? Right. Right. Um, but all of the stuff that isn't the rock songs is scored by Chris Young, who, um, did the soundtracks for uh, Hellraiser and Hellraiser 2. Oh, shit. And The, f- and the oh, Fly right. 2 and Species and Tales from the Hood. Oh, um, wow. He's even done one of my fiance's favorite movies, uh, Sweet November, just to throw that in there. Okay. Uh, he did the Grudge remake. 
It comes up again. We were yeah. just talking about this fucking thing before we got on the air. I know. Keep coming back to this. God damn it. The grudge. The, the original wasn't good. The remake wasn't good. And I sure as fuck don't think the remake of the remake is going to be good. I don't think so, man. This is the year of the remakes of the remakes. It's funny you mentioned uh, Hellraiser because uh, Jaeger actually directed uh, Bloodline, a.k.a. the last watchable Hellraiser movie. This is true. I'm uh, Me and my buddy Chris got to meet Chris Young at a showing of Hellraiser in uh, at the Count Basie in Red Bank, New Jersey. Um, it was awesome. He's probably one of the coolest dudes I've ever met. Um, he, like, gave us his phone number and stuff because we were talking about some of the fun <laughs> projects we were. He was like, yeah, just, you know, hit me up. You know, give me the, here's your right email, my phone number. Like, yeah, if you guys want me to score something, you know, let me, let, you know, maybe we can work something out. I'm like, okay, <laughs> thank you. Oh thank God. you. Thank you, prolific c- composer. <laughs> thank you, Chris Young. Appreciate it. But he also did just most recently. He did the new Pet Cemetery, which I thought was kind of cool because I didn't realize I haven't looked him up in a while, so I didn't realize if he was like still doing like big stuff, and he is. But talking about this movie, um, we open up with our main character Eddie Weinbauer writing a letter to his uh, idol Sammy Kerr, and we're kicking up that fucking fast way right out of the gate, man. <laughs> I mean, the movie just about starts. I mean, before you uh, cut to Eddie, there's like this real creepy. I guess it's supposed to be Sammy Kerr voiceover with the uh, opening credits. Yeah, and then it fades. He's doing some kind of like this, like satanic chant almost, mm-hmm. and then it, it cuts to Eddie doing this uh, letter that Joe's describing, and it, and it kind of fades in on this poster of Sammy Kerr and kind of goes around his bedroom, this like Marty McFly ass bedroom. <laughs> I need this fucking poster. His huge bedroom. Yeah. It's like a fucking garage or some shit. Why? He lives in like a cabin. <laughs> oh man. I-, I wish I had this fucking room when I was a kid. I know. God. And he's got like a fucking killer ass like stereo system and shit. Yep. Yeah. With enough room for like a kink, like a queen size bed. He's got space between that and his fucking door. Like he's all his fucking floor space. I'm like, where, where do you live? <laughs> he, he has a recliner in his room. Okay. Yeah. In the suburbs. <laughs> um, Mark Price, by the way, from Family Ties. Oh my God. Really? Didn't watch Family Ties, so. I mean, I, I can picture what, I mean, I never watched Family Ties either, but I can picture it. Right. Well, everybody remembers fucking Michael Gross and uh, Michael well, J. Right, Fox, right. so, yeah. But anyway. Uh, so he's writing a letter, and he's kind of narrating it. It's very, uh, it, it's kind of super fan-y, a little fanatical. Well, and I mean, I guess the implication, too, is that he's actually got return, you know, mail from this guy. I like guess. Like Joe said, he's kind of like a pen pal with him. Yeah, and he's just like, man, nobody fucking gets it, man. Nobody gets it like, like you get it, man, and like I get it, and you know. You showed him, man. You because Sammy Kerr lived in the same town this kid did, right? And he like you know he made you know he became a rock and roll star or whatever. And he's like, man, one day I'm gonna get the fuck out of this town, man, just like you did. I will show him, you know that kind of stuff is going on. Uh, and uh, Eddie calls himself a uh, Ragman, uh, and he uh, soon after got sued by DC because that's an infringement on their copyright. <laughs> <laughs> get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Is there really a character called Ragman? There is a character called Ragman. He was on two seasons of Arrow. Uh, oh my fucking god! Help me. There's a character called the Condiment King. Okay. The, the <laughs> oh man, he's ketchup, motherfucker. I, you know the Condiment King. I can kind of like, I can kind of picture that, like him shooting fucking like ketchup and mustard at people. But Ragman, I just see some poor schmuck on the ground with fucking rags on him, like on the side of the street. I'm gonna wash your car. I'm the Ragman. 
It's Bronson from fucking Street Trash. Come here, I got a chamois for you. <laughs> chamois man. Uh, do you know how hard I tried to get fucking Ragman on my license plate, but it, I just couldn't do it because somebody else already fucking had it in PA? Well, you can always try again. You know, they don't keep it forever. Yeah, maybe. Anyway. So while he's, he's uh, you know, he's reading this letter out as he's writing it, and it's kind of cutting between him and his room and him at school. And I got to tell you, you know, we joke about Jody on our uh, Uncle Sam episode about this kid, like, we're, su- we're surprised he didn't fly off the handle and kill anybody. I don't know how this guy didn't fucking lose it one day and just fucking shoot this school up. Because it goes to a school full of awful people. Uh, it's also the thing, too, where, like, I don't think a lot of people thought that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to shoot everybody at school. Well, no, no. I, I'm more so getting at the point that he is, like, bullied like a motherfucker. Oh, yeah. This this poor fucking bastard. Um, Yeah, like Sean was saying, it cuts in between this and that. And it's like, uh, or his him writing the letter and him at school. And there's this whole scene. There's this one guy who really busts his balls. His name's fucking Tim. And he's got, like, a bunch of fucking, like, cronies. And these fucking assholes are bullying him in the locker room, like, after Jim or some shit and they're like going through his locker and like taking all his shit and uh he had just gotten eddie had just gotten out of the shower so he's like wrapped in a towel and they fucking take like one of his tapes and like throw it out the door and into the main gymnasium and fucking tim like rips his towel off like as he like jumps out the door for the tape so he's just bare ass fucking naked locked out of the locker room in front of the girls like volleyball team yeah and then this fucking bitch takes a pic a fucking polaroid of him well and they're all laughing except for this one girl kind of catches herself and is like oh fuck that's messed up well yeah i mean this this, this poor fucking dude <laughs> I I immediately felt for this fucking guy. Like I, I like I know. Come on, like the school just lets this fucking fly. Well, well, it also seems like just from what we see, like he, Eddie is the only person at this school who was bur- bullied as mercilessly as he is. Also, yeah. yeah, apparently no one else in this town listens to to rock music or metal because everyone no. seems like a bunch of uh, uh, frightened yuppies who are like rock music, <laughs> except Roger, I guess. Um, also. There ain't a fucking teacher to be had in this movie. No. Again. <laughs> That's a good point. Except for the principal, which we'll get to. Yeah, there's like one or two scenes really at all. Yeah. It's the same, it's the same high school as Tammy the T-Rex. Yeah, and Death Note too. Yeah, and Death Note. There's just no... <laughs> Everybody's just beating the shit out of each other. Fucking Big Bully was the only one that had teachers, for God's sakes. <laughs> in Death Note, they actually employ adults, but they're just, they don't give a shit. Kids just, kids just show up every day to just bully each other and like... Well, you know what it is, actually. You know, I say Big Bully, but there's just, you know, I think all the teachers are just, are just hanging out in the fucking teacher's lounge, and that's why we don't see them. Just chain smoking. Smoking cigarettes, drinking coffee. Well, that's what they're doing, man. Looking for moon rocks. Oh, what's up, kid? You have a brain injury? That's cool. You're suspended. <laughs> so... So at the end of this note, like that all happens. And then like at the end of this note, he's like, yeah, man, I don't know why I just don't end it all. And I'm like, oh, no, Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like going down a downer. Yeah. But then he's like, but you know what? Fuck that shit, man, because we're (laughs) fucking we're going to beat we're going to beat this shit. And then he's just like your friend forever. Ragman. And then he's fucking bopping around downstairs. He's like doing his laundry or some shit. Um, And he's got like headphones in. And the news is on. And it's just talking about, like, the way they frame this is great, right? Mm. Because it's like a whole retrospective about Sammy Kerr, but you don't know it until the last line, right? So he's doing his laundry, and then, like, we get a we get a kind of preview of, like, who Sammy Kerr was, uh, who he is, and the fact that he was actually going to play uh, the Halloween, a Halloween show 
at the Halloween dance at the high school in the town. Right. And he, like, got banned or whatever. They wouldn't let him do it. Yeah, and there's this fucking old lady just going on about it. Yeah, we can't have him in our town, and, you know, he's horrible. He's, you know, he's bringing the devil to the school. Meanwhile, it, like, cuts to Sammy Kerr, and he's, like, literally tongue-kissing a snake and then, like, bites its fucking head off and he's, like, <laughs> shooting blood all over himself. Um, I, I just want to get this out of here. I fucking love this character. Oh, he's great. Uh, especially as a horror villain. He's awesome. And I don't think there's been one like him that's as, as is that's done as well. And I love his fucking name. It works so well for that kind of rock star. Oh yeah, his name's Tony Fields, the actor. Yes, and he died in 1996 from HIV-related cancer. Yeah. Oh my and this, god. But this guy, this guy was a. Uh, like a famous dancer he was in like seven different michael jackson like music videos yeah um he's in wow. an ep- yeah he's an ep- he's in an episode of one of my favorite tv shows monsters okay he's in this episode called out outpost and he pl- and he's like just covered in this crazy makeup i didn't even know it was him until i looked it up and i was like holy shit um he plays like this alien guy uh that's like stranded on this uh on this uh colonized planet but uh um yeah the cra- so here's the crazy part of of this movie to me. I didn't even realize this until yesterday, but so at the end of the so at the end of this uh, um, newscast, right? It shows like it shows like Sammy Kerr like in a um, in a uh, a hearing where he's like being he's being like charged for like his music or some shit um, and the censorship of of his music and he's like fuck you man he's like he's like you can't be censoring our minds he's like politics is bullshit and blah 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 like we got a freedom of speech and you know we'll take you down whatever um, and then you know uh, Eddie like takes his headphones off and he's like yeah fuck yeah Sammy and then um, the newscaster comes back out and she's like, yes, Sammy Kerr, who died in a hotel fire last <laughs> night at age 38. I was sitting there thinking, was he freebasing with the fucking uh, alcohol all over him? It's fucked up, man. Lit the building on fire? But come to find out, he probably was doing something satanic. No, he did like some kind of satanic ritual and fucking burned the joint down and like needed to burn to, to live again. I, yeah, yeah. I get, as we find out. Much later. Here's the kicker real quick before we go into Eddie's breakdown. Oh, okay. So, in the film, Sammy Kerr dies at 38. I think she, I think she says 38, but real life, Tony Fields, this poor guy, in 1995, he died when he was 36. 36. Oh, my yeah, I read God. That too. Yeah, it and sucks. And it, it was, it's just, like, super eerie. Like, I don't know. It creeped me out. I was like, whoa. I was like, that is... Very close. Yeah. Really coincidentally crazy there's there's a uh, a roddy piper interview where someone asks him about how he's going to be at 65 and he says dude i'm not going to make it to 65 he died at like 62 or 63 damn yeah god damn it yeah he but his in his case he was like i'm a pro wrestler we we all die young like because you beat the shit out of your body yeah well in sammy's case you know he's doing you know satanic rituals and talking to dimbala so are you really surprised yeah man plus he's living in hoboken new jersey so are you telling me pro wrestling and satanic rituals are equally as dangerous <laughs> I, I you know the undertaker man he had that fucking streak going oh. for a while they are they are one in the same. Um. So yeah, Sammy Kerr is dead, and uh, Eddie just has a complete breakdown because the one thing that was like keeping him together, that was keeping him sane and being like, "Fuck it, man!" Like it's all gonna be worth it. Whatever is gone. 
Yeah, and he never even got to mail his fucking letter. He was like, he kind of has it in his hand when he hears yeah. this report. Yeah, so then he kidnaps Dido and drives his van off a bridge while Eminem <laughs> oh, sings Jesus over it. Jesus Christ, don't you fucking invoke <laughs> Eminem here, okay? We're trying to talk about a good 80s rock and roll movie. I was trying to find a way to get the Stan joke in there. So <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me, man. If if Eddie met Stan on the street, he would beat the piss out of him. So he tears off all, of his po- all the posters off his wall. It's this cool little scene. I like this. There's a lot of stuff in this movie that uh the way it's filmed i really enjoyed yeah uh, it's really is... well made like the, yeah the, the cinematography in this is grace yeah shockingly well made no pun intended well <laughs> the cinematography is just fantastic um i don't know it's well we'll get to final thoughts but anyway he, yeah he rips off all the posters but leaves the sammy kerr one doesn't it because he just stares at it yeah it looks like he has like kind of a second thought about it as he's about to rip it down yeah he's he's in like a fit of rage and then he stops and he's just like, fuck, man, Sammy. And then he just, like, falls down on his bed. Uh, this is where he goes to see uh, uh, Nuke, isn't it? Uh, Gene Simmons himself. <laughs> who, let me tell you something. He's not bad in this movie. He can no. totally act. He's totally fine. In fact, he, he was so convincing for the first, the only, the, for the few minutes I saw him, I thought he was somebody else. Yeah, he's, like, doing his best Wolfman Jack impression and just, like... Well, I, well I, I read that that was his inspiration for doing this, and that he turned down the role of Sammy Kerr because he didn't like the script or the character. Really? I was like, it's you, you dummy. Like, <laughs> Well, if Gene Simmons was Sammy Kerr, I don't think this film would be the film that it is. No. It probably would be taken, like, not as seriously at all. It would be that goofy movie where Gene Simmons plays a demon that comes out of a record. Yeah, and you're telling me that Gene Simmons, if he was the fucking demon, he wouldn't be hamming it up. Oh, it, yeah, that's exactly right. He would be like a fucking Freddy Krueger or some shit. Yeah. Which, uh, when we get to uh, scenes later on, I'll talk about that a lot. But it, but here, he kind of plays this, like, kind of wisecracking uh, radio disc jockey uh, that's friends with Eddie. Eddie goes to, like, visit him, and he's like, he's like, oh, man, you hear the news, dude? And he's like, yeah. By the way, fucking um, Screaming Till You Like It is playing in the background here, that Wasp song from Ghoulies 2. Anyway, so Eddie goes to see... Um, nuke and he's like yeah man i can't believe it he's fucking dead and he's like he's like uh nuke's like oh yeah well you know you know what happens you know live fast die young like well he gave us a bunch of great tunes let's do right and he's like no man it's more than that man like he, he he's still giving it man and he's like dude you need to relax like you're like becoming obsessed with this shit and it's freaking me out he's like also sammy was troubled so uh yeah <laughs> yeah he's like sammy did this to himself man like he killed himself yeah He's like, he believed his own hype and then fucking, you know, died. And then thought he could light himself on fire. Strange man. And live. Well, sort of. But, uh, yeah, Nuke has this, uh, has this unreleased Sammy Kerr album, uh, uh, Songs in the Key of Death. Yeah, it's the last Sammy Kerr album that was recorded before he died. It's, it's not even, it's not, it wasn't even released. It's, it's a, um, it's a studio, uh, uh, sample on, like, an acetate. He's like, why is it so heavy, man? And in fact, if you take all his album releases and you, you kind of cut around these little, like, etch marks on the album and stick them together, uh, it takes you to a location <laughs> in Maine. <laughs> it takes what? you to Hobbs End. Um, I, I don't know what an acetate disc is. Okay, it's not a disc. It's a record for those. Okay, uh, yeah. it's On Wiki, it's, it says acetate disc and it's linking to a page. Um, well, it's a... Okay, f- for everybody who hasn't seen this movie in... in uh, it's a vinyl record, right? It's a it's a it's a twelve inch fucking vinyl record. Okay, but the acetate is just the type. I believe it's the type of plastic that it is recorded on. It's like a master. Uh, it's like a heavy duty master. Uh, 
record, right? Okay. I'm pretty sure. No, yeah, you're right. And the idea being is that you have this, like like Joe said, master, and then you just make all the copies off of that because it's able to hold up better. Right. And, like, oh, okay. once once you start making copies of it, you know, obviously it, it, it downgrades a little bit. Like, when you once you transfer it to, like, tape or something. Yeah. Right? So Gene Simmons is like, oh, yeah, I got this fucking, I got this unreleased um, album. It's his last album. He's like, no fucking way, man. He's like, yeah, dude, we're going to play it at midnight on a Halloween night. Shit's going to be fucking dope. And he's like, oh, sweet. And then Gene's like, yeah, well, now give it back. <laughs> and then he, <laughs> and he's like, oh, fuck. Give what back? It's like stuffed under his shirt. <laughs> Being the awesome dude that uh, Nuke is, he he gives Eddie the only copy of this fucking record on record. Just just handed him thousands of dollars, potentially. I, I would like to know, like, what the rest of this guy's fucking bandmates thought of that, that they just give this last fucking record to some random schmo in Sammy's hometown. Hey, 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 Nuke, you got that master for us? Uh, who are you? <laughs> uh, you gotta give it back now. Uh, shit. My theory is, is that Sammy sent it to Nuke on purpose. Oh, a hundred percent. Especially yeah. with the way this plays out. Like he knew that he was gonna give it to, to Eddie and he knew that Eddie would like bring him back. Oh maybe, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking whether it gives it to Eddie or not, shit hits the fan, but yeah, no, I could see that. I think that through the, the pen palling, I think uh Sammy was probably grooming Eddie to be some kind of uh willing participant. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um his uh his familiar, you know, more or less. <laughs> So he gives him the he gives him the record. He's like, I got it on tape. I'm gonna play it. I don't even know. Is that that's not even a good Gene Simmons impression. Anyway, he's like, Oh, I got it on tape. I'm gonna play it. Here's the record. And he's like, No fucking way, dude. Rock and roll. And then he splits. And so yeah, I think he heads to school after this. I thought he goes home first. Then the school thing happens afterwards. He uh, yeah, he goes home and he listens to the record. Yeah, he falls asleep to it. He falls asleep to it and has this uh dr- this dream about um Sammy Kerr like in his hotel room like burning alive and like talk doing all this backwards talking and shit. Which is really cool like the way this is all done like it's like this camera like swoops up these stairs and and he Sammy Kerr is just like in a fucking ring of fire is like shit's like burning all down around him and like people are on fire in the background and shit. And then, like, he is on fire, and he's still talking at one point. It's like a puppet burning. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then Eddie wakes up to the album. Uh, it, it sounds like it's skipping, but it also sounds like someone's clearing their throat into a speaker. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's like... <laughs> uh, it is kind of creepy, though, and if I woke up to that, I'd be very unnerved. Yeah. But it sounds like, I mean, even later, like, he's playing this new album, and, like, it sounds like the whole fucking thing is backwards and just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, how the fuck do you even, like, rock to this, dude? Nuke, you gave me a very, very obviously haunted record. <laughs> Basically, the haunted record, yeah. I'm a, ch- I'm a child. Isn't the alternate title something like Death at 35 RPM or some shit like that? I think I read that today, yes. It's very, it's very close to that. I forgot what it was. Or and or AKA Ragman. Uh, I didn't see that one. Yeah. Um does he go back to Nuke or does he call him? Well, you know, first, you know, he wakes up and he sees that the like you guys are talking about the needles stuck and he realizes that, you know, when he plays it backwards, it starts to give kind of a message. And uh I think I don't remember exactly what it says, but it says something about like nailing those guys. Not yet. 
because he has to go to the he has to go to the pool, the pool party first. Oh, that's right, because he's asked to go to the pool party by Leslie, Leslie. the character, right? I think he does play it backwards, but it it, it says it says Ragman, right? Yeah, he plays it backwards. It says Ragman, and he's like, and he's like, what the fuck, dude? And then he goes to school, and that's when like Leslie, kind of the 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 girl that di- the girl that didn't laugh at him when he you know came out of the fucking locker room, who's kind of into him, I guess. Yeah, out you know, out of all the people in this school, it's like one of the fucking jock people's, you know, buddies. Yeah, I don't know. It, I, I guess. It's such a weird thing. Uh, they're, they're kind of, how their relationship grows. I mean, look, you can find you know, love or, or interest anywhere. It's just, it's just very odd. That's all. So she invites him to fucking, uh, to this pool party like it's no big deal. Like these guys aren't gonna fuck with this Porsche fuck. When you know? she said pool party, I thought this was at somebody's house, by the way. <laughs> no, they like broke into a fucking YMCA or some shit. I, I think that's in the school. Yeah, it looks, like the, it looks like the gym. Okay, well, that's because there's no teachers ever at this school. No, yeah, they don't pay the teachers, so they have enough money for this fucking Olympic-sized pool. It's probably one of those old schools that had, like, uh, pools built into the floor of the gym that opened and closed, which I've never laid eyes on before, so... Oh, yeah, man. They have that fucking, that, that ghost from Are You Afraid of the Dark in there that you gotta throw sulfuric acid on so you can see him? <laughs> My God, I don't remember that episode. Oh, that's a great episode. Clowns are walking around the corner. <laughs> but, yeah... Uh, shittiness aside, what happens to Eddie? Like, I wish. Oh yeah, this happened in high school. Like, oh yeah, man, we're all going to the fucking pool at school, like getting drunk and like just having a party. Dude, he comes in. He fucking comes in, and there's like a bottle propping the door open, and he <laughs> yeah, just like moves it. <laughs> there's like a bottle of fucking booze holding the bo- holding the door open. I was waiting for the big thing to happen. Be like, oh, you shut the door. Fuck, we're locked in here. Uh oh. Yeah, we're locked in here, you moron. <laughs> but they don't ever uh, follow up on that. There's no adults in this town. We're all dead. Yeah, it's like Children of the Corn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, we're all gonna have to die in about a year when we turn 19. So we got to make the best of it. <laughs> full. Of, it's a town full of hormonal teenagers. We're going out with a bang. Literally. Isaac's just out in the fucking field screaming. Uh, he gets there, and uh, the, the I'm just going to call them the Biffs. Uh, the, the Biffs immediately set upon him. The fucking Bradsters. Yeah. The- <laughs> oh, no, the Brocks. Eddie had to kind of know, though. When he didn't see Leslie right away, he should have just like kind of hung out in a fucking corner. Like, why did he even approach these people? Again, even if Leslie was there, what difference would it have made? Yeah, yeah. But at least she could have like kind of kind of gone off to the side and talked to him. Instead, he approaches this fucking Tim dickhead, and yeah. the guy's like, "Hey, hey, what are you doing here? Get the fuck out of here! You got ears, dildo? Get the fuck out of here! What's up, Giku? What are you doing here?" Ah! <laughs> I just threw up a little. What? What's this chick's name again? I for, um, uh, Tim's girlfriend. Yeah, girlfriend, side piece. I don't know. Genie, Jenny, Genie, Genie. That's Jeannie. what it is. Genie. She she comes up to him. She comes up to. Eddie and she's like, "Can I just ask you a question?" He's like, uh, "What?" And he's like, "Why can't you just be fucking normal? What's wrong with you?" And he's like, "What are you talking about?" And she's like, you- "You're just a fucking weirdo. You know, you don't want to fit in. Like, why can't you just like be like like normal? Why can't you just listen to Bon Jovi like everybody else?" <laughs> 
Well, I don't know, man. I just kind of like anthrax. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> just be like everyone else and listen to Bon Jovi. But this guy, he goes to leave because Leslie's not there and he's starting to get nervous. And these fucking jocks rush up to him. Ugh. This one fucking curly looking motherfucker, he just shoves like, I don't know what, the, like a weight into this guy's fucking backpack. It's a fucking weight, dude, for like swimmers, I'm pretty sure. Like training. Regardless, they throw him in the fucking pool and this guy starts sinking and nobody goes in to help him. No, well, they stuff it in his fucking backpack and then just push him in like back first. So he just sinks to the fucking bottom. What would have happened if this guy died? I don't, they don't give a shit, I guess. I guess we're going to jail because we played a prank on some fucking dweeb. That's a whole nother movie. I know what you did le- I know what you did to Eddie Weinbauer. Oh my god. I know what you did to the pool party. Comes back with a fucking hook on his hand. Oh no. Also, uh, like to, to kind of piggyback what you said before, if someone walked up to me in high school and asked me straight up in a really callous way, like, why can't you just be normal? I would just go home and cry. Because it's like, I'm fucking trying! (laughs) Well, I think that's what he was going to do, honestly. Well, no, but that's what I'm saying, like... That's totally happened at some point oh, in my life. Yeah, like, it's too it's 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 nightmarishly relatable. Yeah, I I guess that's my point of the the right. the whole thing. Like there are parts of this film that just hit so close to home, and I'm just like Jesus. No, yeah, I agree. So he's at the bottom of the pool, and he you know he's fucking he can't get up because this this weight has just got him pinned to the ground. Yeah, even though he's in the shallow end, right? So then, well, fucking... they say that because they're dickheads, but that did not look shallow to me. I didn't think so either, right? So, so Leslie fucking jumps in and, and pulls the fucking backpack off him and, like, you know, saves him from fucking, I don't know, drowning? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, she takes the backpack why off couldn't, him. Why couldn't he just take the backpack off? Could, I mean, like, let's be fair. If you had that on your back and you just got, like, thrown in that pool and you didn't know what the fuck... Oh, I'd be panicking. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's a totally, like, realistic reaction on his part. Like, he doesn't fucking know. He just feels like he's weighted to the ground. So she saves I can't, him. Suddenly, suddenly can't swim. Yeah, she saves him, but I guess he just assumes she was in on it. Yeah, she's like, you fucking set me up. Yeah, she's trying to, like, explain herself. He wants fucking nothing to do with it. <laughs> she's like, my mom was late with the car. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm like, wait a second. Eddie has a car. Why didn't you just be like, hey, pick me up at eight or whatever if it's like a date or whatever? Well, you know, he's kind of shy. He doesn't really want to think about it that way. No, no. I'm saying like, why didn't she say that? Like, oh, hey, you want to come to this? Yeah, no, yeah. You know what I mean? That's a good point. Because he's the... he. only him and Tim have their own cars in this whole fucking movie, by the way. Yeah, you noticed that, right? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Everybody else just, like, rides in their cars. I don't know. I mean, it, it, you know, it's, it's for plot convenience at the end of the day. Roger has a fucking motorbike. He has a literal motorbike. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if they're not going there in separate cars, why Why else would she be late? Uh, isn't this where isn't, isn't this where he announces that he's going to nail those guys? Yeah, he's like, I don't know, man, but I'm going to fucking nail them all. I don't know how, but I'm going to do it. To be fair, though, if somebody almost drowned me... I'd be calling the fucking cops. You can believe they would... I I don't know what I would do, but I would do something. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't call the cops, but I definitely wouldn't be sitting on my fucking hands. Yeah, I don't know what I would do, but it certainly wouldn't be just uh, announce revenge and then go home and do nothing. (laughs) Well, I mean, if you try to do it all at once there, you're probably going to get your fucking ass kicked. (laughs) Instant karma. Yeah. So he goes home, and actually, we kind of we fucked it up. Like this is when he hears it, right in the record, because he he because he fucking uh, he goes home. He's all pissed off, and he's listening to the fucking record. Um, and then he hears the backwards talking, and then he goes and fucking plays it backwards, and it's like Ragman, and he's like, "Whoa, what the fuck?" Uh, oh, that's right, because it it says it says something like we'll, like we'll nail them, and then it ends with Ragman, and that's when he takes the needle off the record, and he's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, well, he's like. 
yeah, he like spins around and it's like let the big fish hook themselves. Oh yeah. And then like he has this like newfound confidence in the morning because he sets up the best like bully revenge plot yes that i think i've seen in a i was like what is this guy doing like moving a mop into a fucking corner and setting a chair up in front of a door like what the fuck dude it's one of the best get back at the bully scenes ever in my opinion it's like a seven room rube goldberg device (laughs) the way that this is shot and just put together it's just it just makes me so fucking happy and like i'm right there with eddie like fuck yeah motherfucker like yes well yeah because like as he's he's you know he sets all this up and they go to lunch and he's explaining to Roger. He's like, yeah, you know, he's telling him about the record. Yeah. And Roger's like, yeah, okay, Pat. Like, Roger's a real dickhead for a friend. He's just like, yeah, okay, you sound like you're going over the fucking deep end, essentially. Well, just like Connor said, he's just kind of there because nobody else will talk to him either. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. They well, have to talk to each other. Everyone also hates Roger. <laughs> well, then Leslie comes up and she kind of, like, squeezes in between Roger and uh, Eddie to try to, like, apologize for what happened. And he's like, ah, you fucking set me up. And then... He puts his plan into action. He sure does. He's like, fuck you, Leslie, and fuck you, Roger. Man, he goes over to Tim, and and Tim's like, oh, if it is an Aquaman. And he's like, hey, Tim, eat this. And he fucking throws his lunch in his face. I was going to say, and then he stabs him with a trident. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Naturally. Uh, yeah, he throws his food in his face, and the chase is on. Oh, man, it's so good. They fucking, like, go out of this... I, there's just something about this scene, like all of these scenes that are strung together here. I, I don't know, like they, you know, they leave the, they run out of the cafeteria, and then there's like dudes like moving uh, uh, tables, and like one of the dudes like jumps on one of the tables and like slides over, it, and they like jump over the tables like trying to chase after Eddie, and they're like running down the fucking hallway. They go into the music room and knock over some people playing instruments. Oh my god! I think he goes in the library first, and I, I oh, love the, the scene. The library shit is hysterical. Uh, oh, dude, so, it's like, so good. Eddie gets there first, and he 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 sees the librarian first, so he he stops running and breaks into a very brisk walk. <laughs> and then the bullies get behind him, do this, and do the exact same thing. So he's, he's <laughs> it's a good gag. The, the the chase suddenly becomes low energy for like five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> well, then they get out there, and then like that fucking cherry set up, and the fucking wet floor. He like runs past and then they all like one of them crashes into the chair and like they all slip and bust their ass like in the in the on the fucking turn where the, he's got the mop set up oh man one guy fucking slips on the mop uh, water and <laughs> flies guy. through the he's... fucking stairs to the stairwell and like down the stairs that man is dead <laughs> he's dead. got some broken something or other for sure someone find me an adult there aren't any teen slips down stairwell and breaks his neck Tonight at nine. Like, that guy got some fucking air, too. He did. He He's like, whoa! <laughs> he fucking flies off the stairs. <laughs> I'm just, like, picturing it in my mind, and it's just hilarious every time. Oh, man. Uh, so, so they keep chasing fucking Eddie all over the place, and eventually he kind of escapes into, like, a room where they can't really see where he went. Yeah, he, like, slips down this little hallway, and the door closes. This door is just closing, and they're like, wait, 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 wait. So fucking Tim takes a goddamn fire extinguisher off the wall and kicks this door in and proceeds to hose the entire faculty lounge. 
that fucking fire stinger has range too because he's at the door and they seem to be in the middle of the room and he's getting them all at what looks like point blank range <laughs> mind you he's yelling something along the lines of like eat this you motherfucker yeah he's like die fucker and it's like all these fucking teachers like like getting their lunch blown out of their hands and like falling over and and it cuts to like behind his back as he's like panicking yeah as eddie just fucking like scurries off this, it, tim tim's face is one of the best like oh fuck faces i think i've seen in movies in a long time he is about to vomit like with how, with with how fucked he knows he is he's a great like bad guy but he's also a good actor too yeah yeah and like boogers in the corner fucking smoking a cigarette like talking about jfk and the peas uh also tim would be uh extra expelled he would never be seen at the school again <laughs> well you know on the other side of the school just to put a button on what joe just said you know you can hear that pitter patter of uh rick moranis trying to get away from <laughs> tom arnold as Tom Arnold leans into a locker head That's first. That's why there's no adults, is because they're too all preoccupied with whatever the fuck they're, those two are doing. The idea of that being on the opposite end of the school <laughs> is fucking hilarious to me. Where are all the teachers? Oh, they're dealing with Fang again. He's going off the deep end. He's, he's tormenting the new professor. Fang. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, they, did you hear about this new professor? He he took a copy of Green Eggs and Ham out of the library like 20 years ago and never fucking returned it. <laughs> there you go. That's what it is. The adults are, That librarian is so strict. Uh, that's Mrs. Her, whatever. Yeah. yeah, sure is. Um, that's why they can't focus on these kids' problems, because they have these tiny, small, insignificant things they have to worry about. Yeah. Green Eggs and Ham, meteorites... The Great Green Eggs and Ham Scare of 1959. The, the Green Eggs and Ham uh, Heist. <laughs> I mean, Don Knotts is deaf or something, let's be real. <laughs> well, I don't know, I'm deaf or something. He just can't hear any of this shit going on. It's like that scene in fucking Amazing Spider-Man when the fucking lizard and the fucking Spider-Man are fighting in the library. Yes. Oh, the, the best scene for the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um. Also, that's not a lizard. He's just a man with scales. <sighs> Unfortunately. He's fucking Voldemort with a tail. I like to I like to pretend that it was good. But anyway. <laughs> because we'll never see the fucking lizard again, let's face it. <laughs> so, so I'm pretty sure Roger comes over for a little bit and, like, Eddie's, like, talking to Roger about Sammy Kern, he's like, nah, man, it's fucking Sammy Kern, dude. He's, like, talking to me through this fucking record. And he, like, tries to play it backwards, and nothing happens. And he's like, he's like, yeah, great, Eddie. That, that's that's great. It's 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 heavy. It's rocking. It, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, fuck you. Here's your comic book back. I gotta go. And then he leaves. Your hot mom's not even here. <laughs> She's upstairs doing fucking jazzercise or whatever the hell she was doing. I came to see your mom do the Buns of Steel video. What the fuck? Roger, would you just shut up about my fucking mom? Well, you know, that's what I came over for. What do I care what you think, Eddie? I don't like you either. Get out of here. <laughs> I'll call you tomorrow. See, yeah, bye. <laughs> and then the record starts fucking talking to uh, Eddie again. Um, but this time it plays itself? Which is creepy as fuck. Yeah, this is when when Eddie kind of is like, okay, like he did, he's not totally freaked out by it yet, but like clearly a record just playing on its own is not normal. Right. Well, the messages that he's heard so far is just like the big the big fish will hook themselves. Like it's kind of just like all um, generic. Generic. Yeah, it's not like talking to him directly. Right. Right. And I think I think we said it by accident before that it called him Ragman, but actually this is the scene where it fucking plays itself backwards and calls him Ragman. And it it plays itself, and it's like, yeah, the, that that's all part of the plan. We nail them all, revenge, and then um, kill your parents. What? I, not not yet. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> it's premature. And then it, it keeps like uh, 
repeating himself and he's like 66 crush or he's like uh what does it say metal machine 66 crush and then eddie's like okay and then it cuts and it's like room 66 and it's like the metal shop right yeah and eddie just decides to walk in there and like eat his lunch and he's just fucking kicking it at a desk listening to listening to the uh the same album that he's ripped to tape uh, the Sammy Kerr album. But I guess now he's playing it normal. I guess? Because it's like, any t- like just as a clarification, like any time that this thing talks to him, I know we say it's like when it plays backwards, but it seems to be the case is any time this is played backwards is when like bad shit happens. But when you listen to it normal, at least up, up to this point in the film, it's all, you know, roses and sunshine, um, at, least, at least so far. There, there is a lot of like, I was comparing it to how... Freddy operates on like your your innate fears and your dreams where Sammy Kerr seems to be powered by uh continuous playbacks of his songs through any device. Yeah. Right. No, yeah. But the record is like the core. Yeah, well that's how he kind of gets around, right? Yeah. He's like the he's like the tape from the ring. <laughs> well, he kinda. <laughs> Except you die immediately. Yeah, you die immediately. A giant man with big teased hair comes to get you. <laughs> Trick or treat! <laughs> I like how I like how St- Sammy Kerr is like everything. Sadako isn't like his hair's fucking big. His personality's obnoxious, and Sadako's this this quiet girl with her hair in front of her face. I don't want to talk about it yet, but like the idea that this man electrocutes people and blows them up is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So, <laughs> by the way, like how how far are we into this fucking movie, and we still haven't seen Sammy like come out yet? We we don't see him till like almost the fifty minute mark. Yeah, I would say he is, he doesn't show up till like the third act. It feels like yeah, but it's great. It when he shows up, dude. Oh man, we'll get there. Yeah, but I feel like the pacing of this film is pretty good. I I, I never felt like it was dragging out no. anything. I never was like, God damn, where is this guy? I was kind of into it all the way up until that point. Well, like his his he's omnipresent seemingly, but you don't he doesn't he doesn't return until later on. It's almost like they wrote a really good bunch of characters that you can, like, <laughs> relate to, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's almost like they made the journey just as important as the end. Yeah, isn't that fucking bonkers? They, like, <laughs> wrote a whole good story. They just made a good movie. Yeah, how about that <laughs> shit? So, yeah, all part of the plan, yada, yada, yada. Uh, metal Machine 66 Crush. So he's eating his fucking lunch in this metal shop. Again, I guess it's all part of Sammy's plan because fucking Tim strolls his ass through that fucking door with one of his cronies. Yeah, the guy who didn't slip and die. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that guy's in the hospital. There's only two of them now because one's, yeah, one's being fed through a straw. Oh, he's in fucking like Bugs Bunny bandages somewhere (laughs) with his leg up. It's like Devin Sow at the end of Idle Hands. (laughs) Just fucking total body cast. Trick or Trash episode, I don't know, last year. It was last year. Go look for it. Last year, Idle Hands. Uh... So, so yeah, he comes in in this fucking room, and he goes up to Eddie, and Eddie's eating like a fucking Twinkie, and he like stops, he's listening to his headphones, he stops the headphones, and he's just like, hey, hey, Eddie, uh, you know, we had to do fucking all this custodian shit, like, all fucking morning, or like, for the next week or whatever, and he's like, you know what, you, you know, you'd be so surprised what they stick under their fucking desks. And then he fucking takes this desk and he flips it on his side. Oh, my God. This fucking impact that this kid hit in the floor. Oh, yeah. Well, it'd be devastating. Oh, my God. I was like, holy shit, man. If he fucking hit his head, that'd be it. <laughs> like, he'd be done. I mean, I, I got to respect Eddie for not taking any bullshit from this guy. But also, like, with the with that whole uh, Rube Goldberg fucking thing he did to this guy earlier, I would not just be casually sitting there if he walked in the room. 
No. And how do you even get up from that? Because it's like one of those desks that have like the built-in chairs yeah, that yeah, wraps yeah. around you. Yeah, so you can't even, like, get up or get away oh my. easy. I've never thought about that. What would it be like to fall down in one of those things? <laughs> oh, and he flips his ass right on his fucking side, dude. Well, then Eddie gets up, and uh, I'm trying to remember what exactly happens, but he gets kind of cornered. Yeah, Tim's like, oh, how do you listen to this shit? He, like, kicks his fucking uh, Walkman away and all this stuff, but he, like, turns it on by accident. So the Sammy Kerr's, like, playing through the headphones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, And then he just, like, throws him down the fucking, this, like, uh, he, they're in the metal shop, and he, like, throws him down, like, this little corridor, and he, like, throws him into, like, a bucket or some shit. And then he starts fucking, like, taking, like, open-ended wrenches off the wall, and he's like, do you think I'm a puss? And he's, like, throwing fucking, like, wrenches at him, like, at the wall behind him, like, hard as... Like, hard, too. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you got hit in the face with that... You're fucked. Oh, man, you're in, you're in for a fucking bad day. Dislocated eye socket. You're brain dead. <laughs> it's almost time. The secret code is RAGMAN. Send us a direct message on Instagram for a chance to win this week's Trick or Trash giveaway. Again, the secret code is RAGMAN. And remember, kids, the clock is ticking. Don't miss it. So he's scaring the fuck out of Eddie, like, throwing these fucking wrenches at him. And then he goes to grab, like, another one. Well, then, the you know, the music, of course of course activates the power of Sammy and I don't even know what this is maybe you guys do but yeah, I don't know what the fuck this device is it looks like something out of saw it's a grinder right so it, okay it's like a wheel that goes around and you like grind Mendel on it to like okay. uh, smooth it out yeah but on the end his fucking tie gets wrapped up in it and like drags him towards it and um, <laughs> I don't know what this other device is that fucking goes into, that almost hits him, stabs him in the eye. That's the thing I was asking about. Like, I have no oh. idea what that thing is. Oh, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> well, it's almost like this, like, you know, chromatic uh, drill, I guess. Yeah, I, or it's like a stamp or something. Or... Maybe, but his buddy can't help because there's like this buzzsaw that starts like going off and like sparks are flying in front of his face. So he can't intervene. It might be a lathe. I don't know. Anyway. Well, regardless, it's going into this guy's fucking forehead if Eddie doesn't stop the machine. And uh, he's right next to, like, the power to turn it on and off. And Tim's like, Eddie, turn it off, Eddie, Eddie. And it, like, it, I swear to God, this thing got, like, within a centimeter of his fucking eyeball Dude. before Eddie flips the switch off. Yeah, Eddie was really gambling there. <laughs> we almost had a fucking zombie uh, escapade. With the fucking yeah. thing going through the eye. Uh, ooh, oh, that, oh, that zombie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that one that almost made me lose my lunch. Fulci, man. <laughs> Fulci. Spli fucking splintered wood through the fucking eye. <laughs> Except with a pneumatic fucking, I don't know, metal spike. Uh, be <laughs> Whatever this thing is. Certainly wouldn't be as slow as zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Which is my least favorite thing about that sequence. Ah, so good. Anyway. So, you know, you noticeably shaken, Tim and his crony kind of just, like, run off and are like, you know, it's not over, Eddie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it, it's over, dude. I mean, like, if I'm Tim and I just got attacked by a, a fucking poltergeist who threw my head into uh, some kind of death trap... I would look at my fellow Biss and go, no, it's over. We're good. We don't need to fuck with this kid anymore. <laughs> even even if you're not even considering, like, the poltergeist aspect of this or, or Sammy Kerr uh, being involved in this, and you're just thinking, okay, this, this fucking kid just essentially almost let me die out of spite. 
Maybe yeah. I just got to leave him alone. Probably. But they don't. They don't. No, they don't, because especially in this time period, for some reason, bullies in these movies never never know when to quit. No, most of them, most of them are like that, though, right? Like, so so even if you best them, they're like, no, motherfucker, like, I'm just going to have to keep, I'm going to have to hurt you worse. This proves nothing. I saw Revenge of the Nerds. Speaking of booger. <laughs> So Eddie leaves the fucking school and like fucking peels out in his fucking ragman mobile. Um, by the way, he has it on his fucking license plate, and it's the coolest <laughs> shit ever. <laughs> I love it. In case you didn't understand why Joe wanted that as his yes. license plate, there's there's a uh, through line. Yeah, because this is like one of my favorite movies. I say that a lot. Actually, I don't say it that much. You say it more than I do. No, you say you have fondness for certain things, but I don't think you've actually said one of your favorites in a while. Um, uh, like Deep Rising is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> Deep Rising is one of my new favorite movies. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Deep Rising, Trick or Treat. I mean, Ghoulies, Troll. They're all up there. And Joe, you couldn't get the Ragman license plate because this guy's still alive and has it. It's probably true. But he's <laughs> yeah, in fucking LA, yeah. man. What the fuck? <laughs> he has one registered in every state. Son of a bitch. So he fucking so he pulls out in the fucking Ragman mobile and just runs like fucking ten red lights and he's like, Yeah, man, you and me, Sammy, fuck yeah. Me and you against the world. Me and you, the dead rocker that I idolize. Who I can only communicate with through a record. So like Eddie's kind of losing it a little bit at this point. <laughs> Because he's yeah. talking to a fucking record, right? Honestly, if this movie ended without w- with the idea of Sammy Kerr not being a thing and Eddie was crazy, I wouldn't even hate this movie because that's pretty interesting. And t- oh, like a Pinocchio's Revenge kind of situation. Oh yeah, no, I think that's fine. That would be fine too. But I'm very glad there is um, a semi corporeal Sammy Kerr thing <laughs> that wreaks havoc. No, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, no, me too. Um, I I've never seen Pinocchio's Revenge, so I have no <laughs> idea what that's referencing. <laughs> Oh, season three, baby. It's coming. We'll visit that eventually. I can see the box art in my head, though. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, and then um, and then we cut back to Eddie's house. Yeah, and uh, his mom's doing laundry, and I guess she goes to drop it off in his bedroom. And uh, there was a scene earlier where the mom was, like, knocking on his door, trying to get his attention, and he was, like, kind of muttering under his breath, uh, got to get rid of her, or something to that extent, like, oh, my mom's fucking bothering me again. Go away, Mom. I'm talking to my dead rock star friend. Yeah, I guess that gives Sammy the fucking okay to be like, I guess I gotta kill her, too. Well, I mean, he is a he is a demon. Uh, yeah, I, demon rocker thing. Don't really explain it, but I'm okay with it. Evil spirit. Yeah, so he's he starts, like, blasting this music, and uh, the mom's, like, freaking out. She can't figure out why it's, like, you know, just playing, let alone why it's so loud, and she's trying to turn it down. So she's, like, really fucking with this guy's setup. And uh, I think she even starts slamming on his fucking, like, uh, on his stereo and shit. Yeah, it's such a, it's a really uh, powerful scene because it's, like, one of those things where here's mom, right? This is, like, the quintessential mom doesn't get me scene. Yeah. My, My parents don't understand me scene. No, for sure. Because, like, this fucking music's blasting out of here, and it's just, like, driving her insane, and she just can't comprehend what's happening, so she freaks out and tries to destroy it, right? <laughs> I know, but it's, like, it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, she's just freaking out because she hit the thing, but, like, the message here is, it's pretty powerful, yeah, man. No, yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a lot of scenes like that in this film. So then, uh, so she fi- it finally just turns itself off, and she turns around, and fucking Eddie's just, like, in the doorway, like... What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, she's like, oh, I'm putting clothes away. And he's like, thanks. Now get out. And she finds like studs in his drawer. 
uh and she just it, and she's just holding it like she's like she doesn't get it right and she's like looking at the yeah. fucking albums and she's like this stuff is gross you know what i mean like i don't know it's again like i said it's just like it's relatable yeah it's, not only is it relatable but it's why can't you just listen to bon jovi like the rest of the neighborhood kids well right. yeah exactly thank you connor why are you watching horror movies why do you like fucking death and dying and destruction what are you fucking crazy you weirdo do we need to get you checked out need to go to the psychiatrist no, mom and dad. I just, I just like to write stories about scary stuff, and I watch horror movies. How dare you? Yeah, right. I failed as a parent. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> I guess Stephen King's crazy too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, he was for a while there. Well, well like, that's what cough medicine, cocaine will do to you. Yeah, but I wasn't on cocaine or liquor. <laughs> so you at least have an excuse. <laughs> yeah. Stephen King, you know, he's had to get that fucking trash bin concoction going, man. Well, no, no, no. He has an excuse. I don't, right? Yeah, he has an excuse. First of all, I don't want to imagine what being on cocaine and cough syrup is like, but I imagine I'd write Christine after it was all done and over with. <laughs> I don't know what you'd get from me. <laughs> it would be a trip for sure. Connor, Connor would finally write his... Uh, his story that's like his his get back at his mom for all those toys being taken away. She just gets attacked by a bunch of seven foot tall Power Rangers toys. <laughs> his magnum opus with fucking Sam Whipple at the helm, like this is the story of a boy. But he's like all deformed and shitty. He's basically like prune in this story. <laughs> Wait a second. It, okay, so Connor is Eddie, right? And Sammy Kerr is Sam Whipple. <laughs> Yeah. Sam, Sammy Whipple. And he comes out of a fucking Power Rangers toy. Well, no, he doesn't come out of it. It's one of those ones where you press the belt and the head flips, and <laughs> one head is a Power Ranger, and the other head is, is Sam, Sam Whipple. Whipple. <laughs> it's not Tommy. It's not Billy. It's Whipple. Connor, we're going to nail them all. Let's do it. He's the red and green ranger. <laughs> it's Christmas. He's got a candy cane. <laughs> fucking ranger just looks like a goddamn Sprite logo, for God's sakes. Dude, I'm sorry if that joke bothers you, but it's pretty funny okay here's the thing here's the thing with jokes about my family is that they can't get any worse than the one hunters already made who turned my my dead uncle into a show character and it's it hasn't stopped and god it is funny admittedly (laughs) i don't i don't feel bad at all now okay (laughs) well he's like oh yeah aids ghost i was like that's well that's my uncle oh jesus christ i know it's uh what a heartless son of a bitch it's it's fine um (laughs) So anyway, so mom leaves and um, Eddie talks to the record again. I don't even think, wait, does he even talk to it at this point? He just has it, uh, he like puts it on and he puts a uh, blank tape in his tape deck and it like, the record plays itself from front to back like super speed and writes itself to the tape. Man, he's got some uh, extracurricular powers outside of just, you know, summoning and unsummoning. Oh man, this motherfucker can control like electronic devices and shit. He makes this tape that um, he give that uh, that uh, Eddie gives to Tim, right? And he like folds it up in a note, and he like puts it in his, in Tim's locker. There's a lot of going in and out of people's lockers. Yeah, and he puts a note, and then his note says like it's a peace offering. Yeah, yeah, it's like, hey, Tim, here's a peace offering, and it's like this tape, right? Well, it must be a Bon Jovi tape. Yeah. Oh, sweet man, it's a total mixtape of Bon Jovi. All right, living on a prayer. He, d- he just writes on there, pink, and the guy's like. Oh, I love Aerosmith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> oh man, I love Striper. Put it on, dude. Also, if I'm Tim and I get a cassette tape as a peace offering from someone who stood there whilst I almost died, um, I don't know. I just throw it at him. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm not gonna trust this guy. It's a peace offering. Fuck you. Well, I mean, fuck Tim. To be fair, like that guy's oh, yeah. a piece of shit. Oh well, yeah. Oh well, I mean, let me let me also say this. If I woke up as Tim, I want to kill myself. Uh, because he sucks. That too. Well, that would be. There you go. It's like a Christmas wish or uh, whatever it was. What was the one we did? Oh, uh, the holiday. The- holiday switch. It's like the holiday <laughs> switch, except you're Tim instead of a fucking what's her face. I crawl. I crawl through a gym locker and end up as Tim. <laughs> <laughs> and you wake up as Tim, and you're dating Genie, and there's this fucking weird metalhead that wants to put that wants to kill you with the powers from beyond with a fucking rock and roll star. And I have just no idea what's happening. <laughs> you look at the you look at the calendar, you're like, the Halloween party's tonight, but I die tonight. Shit! Oh no, I've seen this movie before. Where's my broken Christmas ornament? <laughs> um, <laughs> But at this time, it's like the broken record. Yeah. It's, it's in the other timeline, like Eobard Thawne's brains. Oh, yeah. Well, the silver tape, right? He has to get the tape. You have to deliver the tape. Someone, the tape has to happen. You have to play it backwards at midnight or some shit. So he gives him the tape, and doesn't it go right to th- they're just on Makeout Hill? Pretty much. He's like pissed drunk in this fucking car, and he's like, hold on. I, I can't fuck yet. I got to piss. And then Tim gets out. It's him and Jeannie. His yeah, girlfriend. him and Jean. Yeah, Jeannie's in the car, and uh, she grabs uh, a Walkman and and um, the this the the tape. Of course, there's like a pile of fucking tapes. She picks up this, you know, the silver one, pops it in. I mean, it's flashy. It is. I mean, it would strike my interest. I'd be like, "What the fuck is that?" It's totally unmarked. It's just like silver. Um, so she pops it in, and the music starts playing. And I guess. Sammy also has the power just to fucking play whatever song that he wants to. Yeah. It's like this sexy rock song. Yeah. Before we get into this, though, I just have to comment. If if all these characters are making such a big fucking deal out of how much this music is horrible and they don't want to listen to it, why the fuck wouldn't she just turn this off after about 12 seconds and be like, yeah, fuck this noise? Because it doesn't sound like schizoid. I, like, I guess, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't sound like welcome to hell. It's just like, it's, you know, it sounds like the Scorpions or something because it's fast way. Right. Now, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um. So, Jeannie starts listening to it and, okay, I, I watched this movie twice. <laughs> Did does a fucking demon get summoned in the car or something? Ah, uh, you know what? I kinda because as she's listening, you kind of see like this green glow emanating out of the headphones and kind of start moving down her body. And I guess that's supposed to be Sammy, but like in electric slash ghost form. I suppose. Or something. But then there's, like, something in the car with her, I thought, at some point. Well, yeah, because as this thing's kind of, this this green uh, light is moving down her body, it, you know, goes down her shirt, and her dress starts popping open. So, of course, she's got, you know, her bra and panties on. The dress falls to the fucking floor. Then this ghostly hand comes up and undoes her bra and, you know, goes down to her panties and uh, rips those off. And all the while, this girl's, like, listening to this music and and being, you know, very seriously turned on. Sammy Kerr is ethereally fingering this girl. (laughs) I I was wondering which one of you would describe that in a more uncomfortable way. And then in comes Joe. (laughs) (laughs) She gets finger banged by a fucking ghost. (laughs) Straight up. Yeah. I was, like... I was totally expecting her to get electrocuted via that, and she didn't. And what actually happened was maybe more horrifying. She, this, this fucking giant ghoulies ass thing, 
uh, fucking goblin-ass creature appears in front of her and I guess just starts fucking her to death? I guess, because she's like, screams, and then Tim, like, breaks from his piss that he's been taking for fucking five minutes. And, like, turns around and runs back to the car, and he's like, oh, shit, Jeannie! And she's like... And the hood is, like, uh, uh, fucking bopping up and down like something's in there, like, causing a ruckus. Um, which, if if Sammy Kirk can just, like, summon a demon, uh, it's an ability he seems to only want to use once. I think that's supposed to be him! It has to be through the music, though. Yeah. Like, there has to be, the music needs to be playing for him to do anything, right? Yeah. It's probably the most inconsistent part of this film that this goblin creature shown literally in this only scene, but I'm kind of into it because it, it is freaky as hell. It's fine. I feel like, th- I feel like there might have been something bigger here that was shot or some type of right, other. Right, that wasn't elaborated on for whatever right. reason. But yeah, she gets fang- finger banged and then she gets, uh, I guess, goblin banged and then uh <laughs> apparently her fucking headphones have melded to her ears god that looked painful Ugh, this scene is so good because tim like opens the door and her fucking headphones are on and they're smoking oh it's such a cool visual and then like he goes over and he's like he's like genie wake up and he like pulls the fucking headphone off and her fucking ear is melted to the thing and it just like stretches out yeah yeah it's, it's just this fucking opening on the side of her head that's been burned open it looks awesome well then tim he's freaking the fuck out and he uh he actually drives over to eddie's and he's like screaming he's like eddie or he keeps saying his last name he keeps calling him uh weinbauer yeah weinbauer what i was gonna say earlier weinbauer is a very unfortunate last name and this guy's outside to go weinbauer <laughs> weinbauer weinbauer gets out here you hospitalized my girlfriend oh weinbauer why you do this to me eddie like so casually like walks outside like yeah what's up what's the big deal guy who wants to beat the shit out of me constantly <laughs> he's like in his room like uh 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 What's that word I'm looking for? Masturbating. <laughs> you know, it was such low-hanging fruit, I wanted to go for it. And I, 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 well, I you got me. <laughs> He's brooding in his room, even though he really would be masturbating. Jacking it. Um, so... Uh, He's and he hears him outside. Like he hears Tim pull up, and he's just screaming his name, like Sean was saying. And he he actually like goes downstairs, and like. Tim's drunk as fuck. He actually like pulled his fucking car like onto this motherfucker's lawn. Yeah. Like are are like so that leads him to leave. Like Tim is like my dad's the mayor levels type of douchebag. I mean, he's definitely like Connor said those Tammy and T Rex bad you know bully kind of character. Yeah, but he's not like a he's not like a punker or like or like a biker guy. Right. He doesn't wear leather. He's like a he's like a fucking Bradster, right? He drives like a really nice car. He's really rich. He wouldn't dream of dropping someone off at a wild cat preserve, to let him get killed because his dad would have too much of a mess to clean up. Uh, so yeah, so he goes up to to Weinbauer. Weinbauer is like, "What the fuck, man? What's happened?" He's like, "I don't know what happened to Gene." He's like, "Man, you fucking did something, man." What the fuck, man? And Tim runs up to fucking Weinbauer, and he, like, puts his hand up, and, like, the pumpkins fucking flare up. And he's like, whoa, what the fuck? Tim stops. He's, like, taking him back. And then um, he goes after him again, and he does the same fucking thing to him. And he's just like, all right, man, you know what, man? Uh, uh, j- just, just stay away from me, man. Just stay the fuck away from me, man. And he fucking gets in his car and drives off. It gets to, I think it gets to Eddie a little bit here, right? Like, he's like, fuck yeah, I can do whatever I want, kinda. 
See, Eddie never really gets like, like it makes it so. Here's the thing too, like the parallel between this and nine seven six evil is like this loser um, gets the power of the devil essentially or a demon. In nine seven six evil, he ta- he just dives into it, doesn't he? Well, no. I mean, that's a conversation for another time. But like he, uh, Stephen Jeffries, like gets gets it almost kind of by accident. Yeah. But he also gets seduced, like, completely. Sure, but he's also, like, uh, he's even more of a loser than than Eddie is. Yeah. Um, And he's just like, yeah, fuck it, I'm just going to embrace the shit out of this. While Eddie still had, you know, Eddie's, like, still, he's, like, he's not given to the dark side yet all the way. He still has some good in him. Well, like, Eddie, he's, you know, like we were saying earlier, he's just upset that his fucking idol died. And he's kind of just throwing caution to the wind and just saying, fuck it, like, what do I got to live? You know, he's, like, skipping class and he, like, failed his midterm and he's, like, whatever about about it he doesn't give a fuck mm-hmm. yeah he hasn't quite some tuscan raiders yet but he's thinking about it <laughs> <laughs> well he's you know he's on the precipice and after this shit happens with uh tim's girlfriend he kind of rushes back into his room and he's like he's like what did you do to her what did you fucking do to her yeah he's like asking the record he's like what happened to genie what happened and it, the thing's like playing itself and it's like nail them all blah 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 revenge and he's like, he's like, no, man. He's like, we got to end this. We got to end this, man. And he, like, tries to, like, take the record off the fucking thing, and it, like, blows him back into his bed. Yeah, and then there's this great fucking scene as he's, like, you know, trying to take this record off. Oh, I love this whole fucking sequence. His mom, you know, again, kind of checking up on him because he's making all this noise, and he's just like, no, mom, now's not a good time. And he's like, yeah, maybe we should get rid of her, too, you know, the record basically says. And he's like, no, not her. And the record basically keeps like, it's almost like the Terminator. It kind of mimics Eddie's voice and says, no, Mom, come in now. And he's like, no, Mom, don't come in. Don't come in. What's the dog's name? (laughs) The foster parents are dead. Yeah, yeah. How's Wolfie? Um, Yeah, it's like imitating him. And it's such how Sammy. It's it's such a good, it's such a good back and forth because he's like, no, mom, don't come in, and she's like, you're sick, and then it like cuts out to her, and it's like, mom, no, mom, come inside, come in quick, please. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, tension building, creepy. So he's like, yeah, I'm sick, uh, and he finally opens the door. He's like, oh, I need some aspirin and some soup. I guess thinking that that's gonna take a while, <laughs> but uh, hello, Eddie. Uh, even though it's 1986, you could still heat up soup in a fucking minute or two in the microwave or on the stove yeah <laughs> she's like all right i'll get going i'll start i'll start making the broth from scratch yes i'm gonna open this can of campbell's and dump it in a bowl and put it in the microwave yeah we're gonna cook it on the stove for five fucking minutes and it's done <laughs> he, he tries to grab the record again and like gets blasted back and then this fucking record starts playing backwards right so and like all the lights are going fucking crazy and this fucking everything starts shaking and this fucking can of coke falls over and falls onto the record and the record's so fucking hot that uh, it's... excuse me it was a uh, diet pepsi there's product placement there joey can't uh, fuck that up fuck okay fine fucking diet pepsi falls on this fucking thing how how dare you misrepresent the coca-cola company i know yeah they're going to come to my house for that one uh, the, co- the 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 Coke police are gonna get me. Please sponsor movie dumpster. Uh, <laughs> email us. I wish, I wish Coca Cola was sponsoring us. Then we can actually make some money doing the show. Just that that guard from uh, Doctor Strange Love shows up at your house. So this Diet Coke TM <laughs> falls onto fucking uh, or excuse me, Diet Pepsi TM. <laughs> 
falls onto the fucking record and the record's so hot like it's boiling yeah it's such a cool visual because like this shit is like bubbling and smoking and stuff very uh reminiscent of evil dead oh man it's so good and then like the speaker's shaking and it fucking like the, the the speaker like grows veins and they're like pulsating this is this is a part of the movie where I, the vi- the uh visual effects and the special effects really started to come alive for me because that practical effect in that speaker is so fucking cool looking yeah man kevin yeager yeah and it's not all at once it's like the side kind of has this weird kind of veiny pulsating that happens and then the top and then kind of all together um and then it kind of explodes in the top, doesn't it? Uh, no. Then the face kind of comes out, like like the hand. You see like hands, and then like the face stretches against the speaker. And there's a bunch of these really great um, uh, rotoscoped electrical effects. So I just want to comment on that real quick. The visual effects in this film are also top notch. All of the electrical, uh, you know, uh, what wh- whether Sammy's like shooting electricity or like he uh, he's like kind of the embodiment of it. So it's always like whatever he's touching, it's always like running through his body and like going through whatever. But it looks amazing. Yeah. Um. There's one scene later on uh, when it happens. I'll bring it up. But it looked incredible. But I can't remember how he eventually it springs to life here. Well, his face comes out of the thing, and then like I'm pretty sure something short circuits and explodes. And then, like, it's super quiet, and then all of a sudden, it just is like, boof, and fucking Sammy just, like, appears, He's like, and his, like, back is, like, to, to Eddie, and he fucking, like, looks behind him one way, and then looks the other way, and he's, like, all burned and shit. Yeah, on the one side. This guy's screen presence is fucking awesome. Man, Tony Fields it was amazing in this film. He's awesome and i was watching this thinking like he is scarier and more intimidating in this one sequence than freddy has been in eight movies oh like- yeah man <laughs> and it's almost kind of like like you were drawing parallels to before like it kind of feels like that it's sort of also like i like shocker i feel like is kind of like this too right because the guy's like ah, i'm a ghost in the fucking electricity well, well he, he prays to his tv and then lips come out and go you got it and then <laughs> And then he gets lightning power. Yeah, well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I have to say, going into this movie, I'd I'd never seen it before. So when when this guy started, you know, the whole electricity angle, I I was kind of taken back because I I didn't expect that at all. I just figured, ah, it's just a horror movie with, you know, you know, rock and roll theme kills. And, and sure. when this happened, I was like, oh, okay, this this is kind of going somewhere. I was kind of expecting them to assign, like, fire to him because that seems more okay rock and roll appropriate. Also, the whole burning himself to death thing. But then I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, he got lightning powers. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, it kind of makes sense, right? No, I, yeah, I think the electricity yeah. makes a little bit more sense than the fire, and I think it's way more effective, especially as we, as we kind of peel the layers back on this onion, right? Yeah. Um because again like what what's the minute mark here? 50 minutes and he fucking shows yeah. up. Um <laughs> yeah. it's really good storytelling here. Um so it's so creepy man cuz he like wa- he like walks up to Eddie, right? And it's fucking dead silent, but it's one of those things where like the wind's blowing but you don't hear the wind and like his hair is moving like with the wind and you hear like his chains rattling that are like, you know, cuz this guy's like clad in like leather and like studs and shit and he like walks up to Eddie and he's like, "You should stay loyal to your heroes. They can turn on you." And he's like, "Uh, what the fuck, man? Uh and then he and then his mom comes up and he just disappears. So it's this whole like elaborate like appearance sequence 
and Eddie is just like shaken to the fucking core like holy shit like <laughs> like okay this just went from maybe I'm kind of crazy to the fact of like okay there's a ghost in my fucking oh there's a ghost rock star in my room in now. my yeah. record yeah <laughs> yeah living in my fucking speaker currently who can influence the world because when he comes out the TV turns on yeah and Ozzy Osbourne is on the television. <laughs> this, this shit is fantastic. Yeah, well, they've they've been peppering this throughout the film with Ozzy yes. Osbourne as a fucking reverend. Reverend Ozzy plays Reverend Aaron Gilstrom, and he's talking on this fucking talk show. This was like a scene before, like in his mom's room. It was just yeah, like on, yeah. and he's like. He's on this talk show, and this talk show host is like, um, he's like, oh, here, you know, here's a rock album by, a, you know, it's it's fucking up our youth, and it's called Do It Like a Dog. He's like, what do you, what do you think about that, Reverend? And he's like, oh, you know, do it like do it like a dog. What 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 does that mean to you? And he's like, t- <laughs> he's like saying like a lyric from it. Yeah. He's like. He's like, <laughs> take my Some... chrome shuttle into your fucking valley. Take my chrome shuttle into your into your valley inside you. Uh, feel me, feel me. Penetrate deeply. Yeah. And, and mind you, Ozzy's wearing like a fucking like sweater vest and he's got his hair like parted like a fucking like. He's like, what happened to love? Love is what we need to sing about. Uh, yeah. Sharon! <laughs> And and this is this is drunk out of his mind, Ozzy Osbourne, like era. And you can even hear because he's stuttering a little bit. Like almost killed his wife, Ozzy Osbourne, because he was so fucked up on vodka. You know, cut to cut to what we were just talking about—the Sammy Kerr uh, uh, reveal. He turned the TV turns on, and and the show is still playing, right? And Sammy is able to manipulate shit uh, via like electricity and stuff, and he like puts his finger on the television and like. And, like, man, I don't even know how you want to say this. Like, squeezes Ozzy's head and, like, yeah. turns it off, turns the TV to static. It's such a cool fucking thing, yeah, man. Yeah, it, it's, it's the real world equivalent of taking your fingers and just kind of, like, imagining you're squeezing someone's head from a distance. Except he can actually do that. Yeah, and, like, Ozzy, like, totally feels it, like, on the program, like, wherever that's being shot. He, he jerks off to the, to, to the right and then the, uh, the TV cuts. Well, then the next day... There's like a fucking news report on in the background commenting on how that guy died from like a brain aneurysm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing weird about that. So he totally killed his ass. And then like right at, you know, it, right after that happens and Sammy disappears and his, when his mom comes up, he like, you know, Eddie goes ape shit and just fucking smashes his everything to fucking pieces. Yeah, he smashes his entire setup. He starts hitting his, he's got like a fucking four piece stereo system. Like he's got the record Dude. player. He's got the tape deck. Uh, what I imagine is like, I don't know. The mixer and then something else. Yeah, he's got like the head unit and these giant speakers and shit. And his yeah. mom comes in, she's like, "Jesus Christ, what'd you do to your record player?" And he's like, "I wanted a new one." Uh, yeah, <laughs> if I was yeah. his mom, I'd have beat the hair off his body. For- <laughs> oh, yeah. well, he's grounded, man. He's fucking yeah. grounded between destroying his records and his fucking equipment and you know failing that midterm. He's you know mm. he's on fucking thin ice. Yeah, man. She's a pushover, but she only takes so much, you know? I wanted a new one. All right, fine. (laughs) He calls Roger because he's like, I can't leave the house. I'm grounded. He's like, you got to go into Tim's car and break into it and steal this fucking silver cassette and destroy it. Yeah, because he figures out that Sammy can only appear when the music is played. Right, right, right. And Roger's just like, "Uh, you want me to do what? (laughs) Break into the fucking bully's car? 
for a stupid cassette tape? <laughs> but he does. And he does so in broad daylight, wearing a black <laughs> beanie, a black jacket. A b- He's dressed like a burglar. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like Harry Lime. Or Eobard Thawne in fucking Prehistoria <laughs> 3 when he's like creeping around the goddamn golf course. But like, it's like, it's like 9 a.m. and the sun is just beaming down on him and this car is like bright orange and like everyone sees you. <laughs> and like his shimmy is like a, a, a fucking clothes hanger that he bent. Yeah, a yellow clo- a wire hanger that he's turned into a, a, a fucking a, a lock pick. And the most he looks, he does like a double take just to like kind of look both ways and then he just starts jimmying it. And he's like, he's like, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. And then he realizes that the fucking door's open and just opens the door. <laughs> That's what I thought the implication was there. He just looks in, he's like, ugh, and then just opens the door. Well, then he goes to leave, and he leaves the fucking wire hanger sitting there, and he has to come back for Love it. Love that they hung on the wire long enough for you to go, he left, oh, he came back for it. <laughs> yeah. And then he starts his fucking motorbike up. That he has to, <laughs> that he, that he has to pedal to get revved? <laughs> yeah, like, it like, it like primes the engine or oh, like yeah, gets it going yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I've just never seen one or owned one, so. Yeah, when we say motorbike, we're not talking about a motorcycle yeah. or a moped or a minibike. It's like a bicycle with a motor on it that you have to prime by pedaling. Yeah. Well, then, you know, it's the same night as this fucking big Halloween party, but because uh, Eddie's grounded, he can't go. Right. So he's sitting there kind of waiting to hear back from Roger, and he doesn't hear anything, and you come to find out Roger didn't, you know, he didn't do anything with this cassette. He's just like, yeah, I'm going to destroy it. Meanwhile, he pops it on like five seconds later. Yeah, and he's like, did you bust it, man? And he's like, yeah, 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 I destroyed it. He's like making a milkshake or some shit. Yeah, yeah, because he calls him while he's hanging out waiting, uh, you know, for the day to continue. Totally destroyed it. Hey, with a hammer. Bye. And he's like, by the way, what was on that tape anyway? He's like, yeah, man, <sighs> doesn't matter now, dude. Everything's good. Well, see ya. It's the last known recording of a dead rock star. Anyway, bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me make it more intriguing. Definitely don't play it backwards. So, uh, Roger, being the reliable idiot that he is, uh, he plays a tape. <laughs> sure does. Fucking pops that right in, hits play. Yeah. And then proceeds to making his banana sh- fucking ice cream milkshake or whatever the fuck he's making. And then, uh, you know, Sammy pops on through the fucking speakers and, like, makes his milkshake, like, spill all over the place and shit. Yeah, because he has, like, very limited uh, control over houseware appliances, apparently. Anything that has electricity, he can kind of influence. Somebody asks him what his powers are, he just does jazz hands, like he's like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I just make it up as I go along. As long as the music is being played, he can influence the electrical devices. Mm -hmm. So, Or if there's like a radio there, or a television. Anything that he can play himself through. This scene has a moment that made me laugh harder than I think most of the movies we've sat through, because... He's th- it's glorious. He's threatening Roger, and Roger's like kind of being hesitant. And then the TV pops on again, and we get more of these talking heads. These like these you know moral. Oh, it's the uh, church. It's the it's the old lady from earlier. Yeah, from the beginning. Yeah, it's these these you know these moral panic uh, instigators, and she's like blah 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 the devil's music, and then Sammy <laughs> reaches into the TV. <laughs> grabs her by the throat, pulls her out, and immediately fries her into a husk. But the way it's filmed is comical, okay? Because she's like, she has a full, she's like, ah! Like, it's beautiful. He reaches, I think my favorite part about this scene is that not when he reaches through the television, I can only imagine what's happening, like, in the studio. This giant hand coming in and choking this woman and pulling her through a television camera. But... 
But the ass end in fucking Roger's house, he pulls this woman through the television, but she's the same size she is on the TV. Yeah. 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 So she's like three feet tall or like two feet tall. Yeah. And she's this husk. And he fucking fries her and throws her on the ground and she explodes into dust. It is it is as silly as the end of uh, Nightmare when uh, uh, Nancy's mom gets sucked through the fucking window that's three inches wide. Um, I, I, I got to admit, though, that wasn't even the funniest part to me. The funniest part is next fucking scene, Roger's got a vacuum out trying to fucking clean up this corpse. He's vacuuming the ashes. He's got a dust buster sucking this fucking lady up off his carpet. He's doing it in like the worst way. He's just like taking the vacuum cleaner and just like just slamming it against giant chunks of this woman. I'm like, you're just making a bigger mess. Pick up the pieces. Just, just pick up the big parts yeah, and put it in a bag. <laughs> and the, the, whole th- the whole thing that uh, Kerr wants him to do is basically play his uh, cassette at 8 o'clock tonight at the fucking party. And, yeah, you know, because that's that's the concert that they denied him, right? Right, right, right. Um, so while this is all going on, Eddie is under the impression that everything's honky dory. Uh, you know, he's just going to kind of kick up and relax for the night and give uh, candy to trick or treaters. Well, first of all, his mother's boyfriend shows up, I guess. Um, or whatever. <laughs> this Keith Apicary looking motherfucker in this Rambo out. Yeah, this fucking Zardoz looking asshole shows up to the fucking front porch. <laughs> He goes, die, commies, and he's, like, all proud of himself. He's, like, this skinny a twig of a man. And then her mom comes, his mom comes out looking like Linnea Quigley from fucking Night of the Demons. Yeah, <laughs> or, or, like, Jewel or some <laughs> shit. But they, they they go out, and then uh, I forget if Roger calls him or if he calls Roger, but Eddie gets the information that, yeah, I didn't actually destroy the tape. No, what happens is Roger goes to play the fucking tape at the dance and Leslie stops him. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's my bad. No, it's cool. And she's like she's like, "Oh, Roger, where's Eddie?" She's like, "Ah, oh, he's grounded or whatever." And she's like, "Oh shit." And then apparently Leslie has Eddie. Well, I guess he got it from she got it from Roger. Anyway, she calls Eddie. And Eddie picks up the phone and he's like, "Oh, he's like, "Hey, Leslie, what's up? What are you doing?" She's like, "Oh, nothing at the dance. What are you doing?" She's like, "Oh, I'm grounded. My mom grounded me or whatever." And uh he can hear Sammy Kerr like the album being played in the background. He's like, what the fuck is that in the background? She's like, oh, it's just some tape Roger put on. And he's like, motherfuck. And he like hangs up. <laughs> right, right. And again, definitely sounds like metal. Everyone in the school hates metal, but they just let this play for several minutes. But, but they also they also invited Sammy Kerr to that school to begin with, seemingly. Yeah, yeah. right. It's weird. But there's totally other metalheads there. Like, why isn't... Eddie hanging out with those guys. I don't... I'm too much of a loner, I suppose? I guess, but, like, you hear him, like, in a second, you hear him, like, yeah, fucking fuck yeah, Sammy Kerr, dude, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's rushing to the school in his fucking car, and, uh, is this the first time his car is fucking taken over by Sammy? Yep. And he he fucking... Sammy drives... I, I guess we'll call it Sammy fucking drives his car... And I'm, you know, I'm getting the child's play flashback to Chris Sarandon again. <laughs> Except this time it ends on uh, Chris O'Donnell as he's hanging off the side of a fucking bridge <laughs> in this car. So I forgot my suit, all right? I guess he unplugs the radio at the last possible second, right as it's about to go, you know, ass over tea kettle into the fucking river. There's a couple scenes before that where it's like trying to decapitate him. Yeah. And it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it like runs him under a fucking sign and then it runs him under a fucking, uh, 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 Mack truck. 
Um, and the whole top of the car has been like fucking cut cut off. But yeah, he stops it. Yeah, not not only is Sammy trying to get uh, Eddie away from uh, his next set of victims, he's he's actively trying to kill him at he, this point. He's trying to Shane McMahon him. <laughs> Hoping someone got that right. Do you mean do you mean Eddie's gonna go on top of the Titan Tron and drop an elbow on Sammy Kerr being held down by that Power Ranger you were talking about earlier? Fucking wish it did, but uh for those who want reference Whipple's like laughing the entire time, pointing. Um for those who want reference, there's an old segment where Shane McMahon threw Kane into a limo and then drove it into the bottom of a Mack truck, and it's awesome looking. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Eddie escapes, um, and at the, at the high school dance, they introduce this fucking, this band to come on. They're like, hey, it's, uh, not Sammy Kerr, here's, oh, <laughs> Hold I'm on sorry. a second, <laughs> because we cut back to the school, and Principal Wimbley's on the fucking mic, with this, like, Groucho Marx glasses, and he's like, oh, he's like, okay, kids, settle down, or whatever, and then, like, all the way in the background, you hear this guy, he's like, yeah, fucking eat it, Wimbley, and he's like, yeah, eat it raw! <laughs> Uh, you're both you're both suspended. No, not even. He's like, oh, okay. Well, he, okay. Well, here's our live entertainment, the Kickers. Well, I, he says it. He's like, here's uh, the, the the Kickers, which is I don't know why that band name really makes me giggle. It's stupid. Well, it's short for shit kicker. Kick him off the fucking stage. Yes. <laughs> because, because like it, it again, it's like a Bon Jovi knockoff group. Yeah. This band has no fucking uh, loyalty, by the way. Because their fucking lead singer is inspecting this speaker for whatever reason, because there's some electric jolts coming off of it. Well, well, the the singer's like they're super nervous. He's like, "Okay, where are the kickers or whatever?" And his like guitar's like all out of tune and shit. And he like leans down to like go tune his guitar or whatever. Well, yeah. And so then he's looking at the speaker, and then yeah. Sammy fucking reaches out and I guess just like pulls him through the speaker, resulting in his death. Nobody in the band reacts, nobody in the audience reacts, and Sammy Kerr is now just up there, ready to sing. He grabs this guy by the throat, pulls him into the speaker, and there's an explosion. Oh yeah, you're right, I'm sorry. And then the fucking guitar goes sailing through the air, and then everybody's like, whoa! And then Sammy appears and catches this fucking guitar, dude. And then the coolest shot of the movie happens. (sighs) He puts on the fucking guitar, and you're just like, oh shit, here's Sammy Kerr. This is like... This is this is like one of those things. My buddy, uh, my buddy Dan put it best uh, when we posted the fucking uh, uh, promo, like our first promo for for our trick or trash. He's like, man, when you see that fucking leather clad hand smacking that fucking leather clad pants, like that's Halloween, dude. <laughs> that's the shot I'm talking about. That shot is so fucking cool for some reason because it's oh, just man. this low shot of like Sammy's, like it's just the right side of his waist. Um, is is visible, and he just takes his fist, and there's no there's no music, there's virtually no other sound except him, and he's just patting on his, he's fucking slamming his wrist against his waist, like trying to get some energy into the building, and just keeps going until everyone's finally fucking into it. But the way it's filmed is awesome, and they're fucking clapping, and then all of a sudden, fucking the drums kick in, it's like don't, don't, and then it fucking just gets into the the fucking title track dude trick or treat and it's just the fucking coolest shit man every fucking time i watch this movie i'm just like screaming at the television because i'm just like fuck yeah this is amazing like it's the whole concert and like sammy kerr's doing fucking backflips and he's fucking singing the song and all this shit it's so fucking great and again like 
Tony Fields was a professional dancer, and I didn't even realize I that. I was so about like, to bring that up because he does like like a fucking front handspring on the stage or some shit, like, and it and it didn't cut away. I'm like, oh, that wasn't a stunt man. And then he's like fucking fist pumping and shit, and like doing backflips and cartwheels and all kinds of shit. Um, it's so good, man. And they play pretty much the whole song uh, of Trick or Treat uh, by Fastway. Well, you know they gotta they gotta give time for. Leslie to, you know, go change in the bathroom and Tim to uh, wander off. Uh, that's a uh, that's something I didn't need in this movie. Me either. Yeah, and I'm, gl- I'm glad he gets what happens to him. Well, the just desserts come. But first we get Sammy Kerr going into the fucking solo portion of the song and zapping people into dust. Literally. He's holding his guitar like a cannon and he's shooting lightning bolts at people in the ground. It's a fucking love gun, man. It's fucking amazing. The fucking guitar shooting out smoke and sparks and people are fucking exploding. He shoots Humpty Dumpty. He shoots the fucking, uh, he shoots, uh, uh, Principal Wimbley and his fucking Groucho Marx glasses hit the ground in a fucking pile of dust. And at first, people love it like it's a Death Clock concert, like they all went there to be murdered. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think anyone's really processing it yet. And then, like, as like more bodies are starting to drop, they're like, oh, fuck, get me out of here. Oh, yeah, then pandemonium happens and people just start fucking running all over the place. <laughs> that's, that's way too many people to be extras. And then he fucking, Sammy turns around and, like, zaps the drummer and he explodes. Yeah. And then finally the band is like, oh, shit. And then the music stops. Yeah. Oh, that's not our lead singer. Oh, no, not not us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't kill us. The kids are fine. Oh, fuck those high schoolers. Oh, man. He, like, zaps on top of a fucking uh, uh, basketball net. Dude, yeah, he does, like, a fucking triple flip in the air and, like, lands on it. And then does a triple flip off of it onto the floor. <laughs> yeah, he, like, swings, like, fucking Tarzan and, like, does his flip between his legs. It's pretty cool. Well, then, while he's doing that, Eddie, uh, kind of arrives and he's, like, he goes to Roger. He's, like, oh, where, where, where is Leslie? Where's Leslie? And he's, like, oh, I, I don't know, man. He's, like, what did you do, Roger? What did you do? He's, like, he's, like, uh, he really fucked up. <laughs> he sure did. He feels so fucking bad. So Eddie runs in, and we cut to Leslie getting changed, kind of like, I don't know if she just used the bathroom or she's changing her shirt. But sure. But Tim comes in, and she's only in her bra. And, and he's she, fucking pissed drunk. Dude, he's pissed drunk. He's in the women's locker room, and he's harassing this poor girl right after his girlfriend was essentially, like we said, like attacked by this ghost and put in the hospital because her yeah. ears are fucking burned to, he- to the headphones on her head. And he's like trying to fucking like do something to this poor girl. Yeah, he's like, he's like, oh, you're not making it with Weinbauer, are you? He's like, oh, I just want to make sure that you're okay, babe. And then he tries to, like, make out with her, and he's like, we fucked once. And she's like, get off me, you scumbag. And he fucking smacks her down, dude. Yeah, to the ground. Yeah. And he's like, oh, sorry about that. Sorry, Leslie. And then she fucking runs away from him, thank God. Well, then Eddie arrives, like, right after that while, you know, Tim is kind of getting his bearings. And uh, you can kind of see in the distance, like, the electricity forming behind uh, Tim. I love that. Yeah, well... Yeah, well, Eddie fucking finds the tape and breaks it, and then he, like, runs down this hallway. All right. And then he sees he sees Tim. And uh, he kind of, he even tries to warn Tim, for as much as a piece of shit as this guy's been to him for God knows how long, he still doesn't want him to die. Yeah, man. And uh, he, he doesn't listen. He pushes Eddie to the ground and kind of, like, snarls at him. And then, uh, sorry, Tim, should have taken Eddie's advice, because here comes Sammy behind you. Sammy chokeslams this idiot into walls several times. 
um, before finally holding him up by his throat, licks his finger, sticks it in his mouth, all the while being supercharged with electricity, and fucking blows his head up. Dude, he wet willies this fucking outlet, and then fucking Tim's head explodes. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, this is where, because I didn't realize it yet at this point in the movie, but we haven't seen a drop of blood yet. And this is where I was no. expecting a money shot, and instead... They got around that by just having this massive explosion of sparks. And I have to say, to this movie's credit, it doesn't need any gore. It doesn't need the gore. No, it works. Yeah. No, it doesn't It doesn't need it at all. And I thought that was really interesting because you don't even see his head actually explode. It's, it's, if this was released today, barring language, it's PG-13. But I'm on the same boat as you, Connor, because I was thinking the exact same thing. And then like when it was almost like a light exploded, kind yeah. of was like the effect they were going for. I was like, you know what? Actually... With the electricity powers and the rock and roll theme, uh, you know, heavy metal and whatnot, it kind of works, like, really well. That It's just this implied thing. Yeah, it looks like pyrotechnics, so it kind of fits the whole rock and roll aesthetic anyway. And, and like Joe was saying earlier, you know, when he zaps people, it's just, you know, it's like a comical thing just falls to the ground, but they're dust otherwise. Also, P.S., whenever he shoots, like, any electricity, it's totally the proton beam sound from Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm totally fine with it. Yeah, it's it's okay. So then he gives chase to uh, Leslie and Eddie. Yeah, who are on foot now because uh, I forget. Basically, he kills Tim and Eddie and Leslie run off. But at this point, the cops have showed up and they're trying to corral everybody. And you kind of hear one girl crying, oh, my best friend, she was standing right next to me. Okay, with this scene, because this, this audio is coming from, okay, I didn't know the audio was coming from, but there's a shot where they're taking someone in a bear costume. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like a really creepy looking bear costume out in a stretcher. And I thought that that was who was talking. Yeah. And then it slow, and then the camera pans over and it's a different woman altogether. <laughs> yeah. It looks like the bear from Rock of Fire Explosion on this fucking stretcher. Yeah. And she's like, oh my God, it was terrible. I saw my friend die and blah, blah. And then it's, I'm like, oh, the bear's not talking. Oh, it's this chick. And she's like, I told you it was Sammy Kerr. And she's like, the dead rock singer? Oh, we better check the punch there. Yeah. LSD. <laughs> yeah, right. There's like people dying and exploding and shit. Mm, yeah, sure. Mm. It must have been the LSD. It's been 25 years since I consumed LSD at a party. <laughs> Doesn't really explain all the vaporized teenagers, but whatever. I mean, let's be real. If if Gunner would go down and vaporize people if he chose to, I think you think like him and he likes he's like go down there, Charnetsky, and wrangle up that Sammy Kerr character. He's causing too much. Having. Why don't you do it? Because I could vaporize the planet with my pinky. He turns, he looks at Chernitsky, and and Chernitsky's just like neck deep in a fucking barrel of chicken, so he ain't got it. <laughs> I've already had a whole bottle of Bushmeals. Good night. Where's that kid, Mark? He could uh, bring me my roll. Don't forget the honey. <laughs> he fucking imbues Eddie with the power to stop <laughs> stop Sammy Kerr. Oh, my God. Does Charnitsky go home and just dive into a giant pool of chicken wings like Scrooge McDuck? Like, is Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he would love to, but uh, it, he's basically Radagast, so he's not uh, warranted that kind of luxury. You're talking about his fucking Nirvana, dude. That's what he, yeah. That's what he dreams about. Gunner has the pool, and he keeps asking to use it, and he's like, no. It's my pool of chicken. It's my pool of chicken wings. You're not going to fill up my pool of chicken wings. The pool that Gunner has is where he stores draniacs and phantasms and mosquitoes. He doesn't want it <laughs> oh, all man. clogged up with chicken wings and stuff like that. It's my, it's my central containment unit. It, it's like Ed and Lorraine Warren's fucking uh, museum <laughs> yeah. of touched artifacts. 
cursed artifacts? It's just empty pool. It's just piled in there all crappily. Like, it's just, it just tosses them in. When it's... He, has, he has a fucking reporter coming. It's Clark from Monster in the Closet, like, doing yeah. a story yeah. on it. <laughs> so you just toss them here when you're done with them. Yep. <laughs> the light is green. The trap is clean. It's a magical pool. So, uh, Gunner, why don't you destroy the artifacts after you excise the ghosts? Well, we think it's better to keep them inside the box, if you will. <laughs> Also, uh, I'm going to open a museum in Las Vegas and charge people $45 to come look at them. Yeah, don't worry, Connor. We've already got that in New Jersey, that new fucking mall that has a $100 Nickelodeon attraction fucking thing. Sean, I was also I was also referencing Zach Bagan's museum out here. <laughs> Gunners, believe it or not, believe this chicken, this bucket of chickens there. $25. Gunners, believe it or not, is a single room with just a draniac and a glass case. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a mosquito thing. Here's a mosquito proboscis. The last Biff uh, is talking to a cop, <laughs> and uh, he's, he's like, oh, yeah, that Eddie guy, it's all him. There he is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, we did forget one scene. As they're escaping from Sammy inside the school, uh, he kind of corners them by the, uh, circuit bo- uh, the circuit box. Yeah, it's before they leave and they run out. Oh, this this has that visual effect I was talking about. Yes, yes, because uh, he's kind of like, I mean, I know we've kind of talked about it, but this guy is like super intimidating. Yeah. yeah. And the way that he's lit and everything and just the, all the set pieces just, uh, it's so good. Anyway, sorry, so, go ahead. So they're trying to break into this uh, this this box, but it's locked and they can't get in in time. So as they're... It's the main breaker for the high school, by the yeah, way. Yeah, the breaker. Uh, they're... You know, they're cornered by Sammy, and Roger kind of runs in with a crowbar, and he's like, ah, I, I gotta do this, I gotta do something right, and Eddie's freaking out, no, Roger, no, Roger, and he literally takes his crowbar to, like, the center of this breaker and just, like, blows it out, which, you know, knocks all the electricity in the school out, which, you know, turns the music off and makes Sammy go away, but, uh, Roger's fucking dead. Or is he? Because he rolls over and he's just like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not dead, but thanks for checking. Well, we, n- well, we never see him again. No, he fucks right off. But he, but he did something nice. Yeah, but when Sammy is uh, temporarily defeated here, like, the box explodes and he turns around to look at Roger, but before he finishes the turn, like, he evaporates into, like, I can't describe how it's done, but he kind of, like, he dissipates in, some in like, an electrical field, but mm-hmm. it looks way ahead of its time as far as just like yeah. pure tech and and uh what they had available available to use um it it's flawless looking again like not only are like the practical effects great but like yeah. the visual effects like the like the compositing effects are fucking excellent they're top notch dude we didn't even talk about how good the fucking tv scene looked when he pulled that woman out because there's no there's yeah it's seamless all the effects this movie are seamless or when he fucking pulls the dude into the fuck i mean we talked about it but like the way it looks like yeah. when he pulls the dude into the fucking speaker it looks great yep. oh yeah so yeah after the final biff blames eddie for everything you know the cops are on the hunt for him so him and leslie just you know go on foot roger's hanging back he's fucking done and uh they essentially like uh figure out that they, they well actually no they, they have to go back to the house because Eddie's like oh we gotta destroy this tape like we can't let anyone hear this anymore but uh, they gotta stop at his house so they go to his house or he's or they're like 
oh shit, the radio station he remembers, right? Right, and then he's got he has to go home because he needs a car. He yeah, he has to go home to get his car. So he's like, fuck the radio station. We gotta get to the radio station. Like even though I destroyed the tape, because he like breaks it all down to Leslie, where he's and, like, yeah, he destroys the tape at the dance. He's seen pulling the other uh, tape out of it. Yeah, and then Leslie's like, what the fuck's going on? And he's like, I released a demon by playing a record backwards. And she's like, what? <laughs> don't ask questions. <laughs> well, first she doesn't believe him, but he's like, either believe me or don't. But this shit's happening, and she's like, all right, I- I'll take your word for it this is pretty wild there's even one part where he's like running away and he's like what are you doing and she's like following you he's like why and she's like i don't know <laughs> yeah well it, and he has to go back to hit the house because you know to like, get the car yeah because his car you know we didn't really go into super detail with that but his car literally was like lit on fire and shit like it's fucked i think he's going to get his mom's car right because the other his is fucked so as they're running back, they, they're like, oh, fuck. Uh, like you were saying, the radio station, they're going to play this at midnight. What time is it? Oh, it's 11.59. <laughs> yeah, right? How many minutes? Literally a minute. We have a minute. <laughs> so by the time they get to the house, it's already started. And, uh, because you know, I thought this was pretty clever. I was under the impression that uh, Gene Simmons was just at the fucking radio station. But, like, it's just like a preloaded tape. Because, of course, why the fuck would he be there at midnight on Halloween? Exactly. Yeah, he's got better shit to do, like like Coke. Yeah, and they do... <laughs> <laughs> like not be in the movie because he only agreed to be a cameo. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But it's like they, they do like that kind of classic metal uh, late night thing where it's like they play the record backwards because, oh, it's it's Halloween and it's his last record. Dude, I would be fucking tuning in at midnight on Halloween too, drunk out of my mind listening to fucking Sammy Kerr at a Halloween party. If it was 1986. Well, it's either that or you got to put on uh, Pink Floyd over Wizard of Oz. You know, take your pick. <laughs> well, that that's that's for later when I fucking smoke my dupe. <laughs> yeah, so they go to the house and he's like, he's like, they're like outside because the cops are chasing him. So they like hide behind a tree, right? And they're like, and they're like in front of this house. They're not at his house yet. And they're like, oh, you hear that? And it's like music playing from inside the house. And fucking Sammy Kerr blows out of this fucking window. Oh, yeah. With, like, sparks and explosions going off in the house behind him. It's amazing. And they run off, um, and this cop pulls up. Well, and he goes to report because he sees Eddie, and then he's like, and some fucking freak, and he gets out of his car with his gun, and he's like, gosh, stop. This guy does not even give Sammy Kerr, like, a half a second before he opens fire on him. He's like, stop right there, son of a bitch, and he shoots him with a fucking taser. <laughs> Stop and I'll shoot. And <laughs> the only cop ever without a fucking pistol. I like how they did this though, because like they were totally around. Like the tasers were totally around. Like yeah, non lethal yeah, yeah, yeah. force, it, right? It really feeds into the whole like electric fucking power theme. Yeah. So he shoots Sammy Kerr, and Sammy Kerr grabs this fucking cord that he just shot into him, and sends this wave of electricity through this guy and blows him out of his fucking shoes. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's great. It, it's very roadrunnery, but it's effective as hell. It's fantastic. Yeah, for some reason, like, it, like it's cartoony, but it never feels that way. Right. Maybe just long enough to get a laugh out of it, but then you're like, oh, wait, this is still a serious threat. Also, grabbing the wire attached to a taser and sending it back at someone is fucking badass. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. F- fuck yeah. So he follows them to Eddie's house. And Eddie's like, oh, run in and get the keys. They're in, they're in my pocket in my bedroom. And he starts beating the shit out of He, like, starts destroying all the radios and stuff. And they keep all trying to turn on because Sammy tries to keep getting out of all of them. And he, like, busts the TV. And the, there's, like, fucking ten radios in this house, right? Well, he destroys the fucking toaster oven and the blender while he's at it. Yeah. It makes me think of, like, 
how many TVs in, are in your house, right? And if you had a demon that was trying to get through a television, how many would you have to destroy? If, if someone suddenly weaponized them against you because you've never thought right. about this idea? Exactly. Well, you know, again, it's, you know, I can't believe I'm referencing this twice in one episode, but Monster in the Closet, man, you know, they're destroying all those closets. Like, what are you going to do after this crisis is over? You're rebuilding all those fucking closets. Like, For you know, sure. Eddie's mom had to rebuy all these appliances. But, like... What was what's so great about this film too is like in an era, okay. So we take it, so, we fucking take it so much for granted because we ha- we carry around our phone, our radio, our television, our all of our entertainment is in one device now, right? Yeah. But back then, you had the television and you had the radio, and you're always listening to the radio. You listen to the music station or you know whatever, right? And the record right. player because a lot of people still had those because sure. it was still kind of a thing. And there was tapes, there was tapes too, but you still listen to the radio like a lot. Yeah. Um. So there's there's all portable radios throughout the whole fucking house. I was I was thinking about that too. Like, not that I'm advocating to remake this film, but I, I was just thinking about how they would make this today, and I don't think they could. No, the, the you know the the proverbial they, uh, but I think it would be interesting to do like a similar concept, like you know it's sure. all in your fucking phone now, and like how do you how do you take care of that problem because you really can't. He can only get to you if you're listening to his music through an exclusive deal on Pandora. <laughs> Spotify only fuckface. Like I was, I don't know. I was, just, I was just trying to think of the logistics of that if it was made in 2019, and I, I, I couldn't wrap my head around it because we everything is so accessible now. It, it's like almost not scary, right? Yeah. Well, it's scary in a different way. Scary in a different way, right? But like you can, you could, you could, you can put the buck somewhere back then, right, right? Right. And just stop that shit, especially in your own house. But now like everything's everything's connected the way again, the way we get our entertainment. On the flip side, you could just if if let's say this was happening today, you could just, you know, throw your phone on the floor and step on it and be done with it. Actually, if it happened today and it came from a record player, nobody would know what to do, the fuck to do with it because <laughs> kids would find, find me a record player. What's a record player? <laughs> a why? Ah, I don't know. I feel like record players are kind of coming back. I think I was reading a stat recently that it's like the first time in like over a decade or two decades that records outsold CDs. Yeah. Well, that's a whole nother thing. And I'm totally that guy, but I buy mostly just horror soundtracks. No, yeah. I mean, there's there's a huge market for it now. But uh, regardless, like like you're saying, uh, Eddie destroys all the appliances and Leslie finally finds the keys. No, she doesn't. Uh, but or she no, she can't find the keys. And Eddie goes, "Oh fuck, they might be in the bathroom." They're in my pants in the bathroom. But there's a shower radio in there, and Sammy comes through the fucking shower radio because, of course, there is. Well, well, I I feel like we need to expand on that slightly because they go in the bathroom, they get the keys out of the fucking pants, and. From the other side of the door, you just kind of see shaking, and these two little lights uh, on the wall start blinking. Oh, man, you see his handprints on the fucking door. Oh, that shit is awesome. It's great, and there's there's a really good visual uh, gag thing. I I don't know what to call this, but... Effect. uh, Yeah, and he puts his hands on the door, and it starts burning, but it cuts away, and it cuts back, and... He's not doing this, I don't think, but the way that the the flames singe the door almost look at look like he's throwing up horns. And it's pretty fucking cool. Oh, maybe, yeah. I I I can't remember that. All I remember is like the like hands the, like the pressing singeing around his burned hands print essentially look like that. Uh to me at least. 
I don't know if that was the intention or not. And then, of course, because he's burning the door literally, he just kind of steps through it. No, it fucking explodes. <laughs> the yeah. door oh, explodes yeah, yeah, yeah. open. Yeah. And then uh, as he's as he's rushing in, I don't, what, what does Eddie throw at this guy? A hamper or some shit? It's like a hamper or like a small vanity. He like throws it at him and he like trips and his hand goes into the fucking toilet. Okay, I really thought that this movie was about to end with the villain of the film getting sucked down a toilet. <laughs> Uh, almost, almost. That's it's good foreshadowing. <laughs> I like that. I like how they do this, though. Like they establish the fact that his weakness is water. Yeah, because that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, magic or not, they've already in previous scenes established that this guy can physically interact with the real world. So it's not fair. It's not jarring like Boogity, where it's like all of a sudden this guy's taken down by a vacuum. It's like, oh no, they've kind right. of established that he can pick people up and and stuff of that nature yeah and sure. we keep referencing nightmare because i feel like there's a lot of weird parallels but like yeah you can it's it is like freddy once you bring him into the physical world or in this case sammy he brings himself in like he is extremely vulnerable to lots uh, of stuff i i think i think you're kind of really stretching uh the imagination to make that comparison but like i, I get what you're trying to say I feel like these films are very different, but in that respect, sure. Yeah, but as far as the rules go, yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, Connor's yeah. absolutely right. Once he steps into our world, he is vulnerable. Well, he's vulnerable to an extent, like whatever, you know. I mean, his only weakness is really water and, and uh, you know, vanities and or hampers. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oh, no, plastic <laughs> toilets. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so he sticks his hand and he, he falls and he fucking plants a hand right in a toilet. And, uh... Leslie, like, flushes it, and, like, you think he's going to be sucked down this fucking drain, right? It really builds up to that. It does, doesn't it? It's all smoking and shit, and he's screaming. They run out of the house, and they're like, fuck, we got to, like, hotwire my mom's car, because they don't have the keys, question mark? No, they get they get the keys. I think he's trying to rip the radio out. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But he, but he takes too long. Yeah, and, like, Sammy's upstairs. He's screaming. There's fucking lights flashing. It looks like the end of Poltergeist up there. He's like, I'm not being beaten by a toilet. <laughs> and then uh, it just stops, and you're like, oh, fuck. And even the even even uh, Leslie's like, oh shit! And then uh, bam, the car turns on. But um, Eddie is actually able to get out this time before the fucking car takes him on a joyride, and it just like starts driving away backwards down the street. So then he sees the cop car from earlier, and I guess he's just like, well, we need to get to this place fast. So fuck it. So the him and him and Leslie get in. He rips the radio out, throws it out the window, and just starts fucking driving. Yeah. And uh, his mom's car kind of does like a loop around the uh, the curb, coming right back at him, and he kind of dodges it real quick. And then I guess just for shits and giggles, Sammy has fucking Eddie's car, Eddie's mom's car, just crash into another car and tip over, just for fun. <laughs> it like it like yeah, it like runs up on the side of it, and, like flips over. Well, you know, metal. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. He's just like, Because yeah! fuck you. <laughs> Break your shit. He just gets distracted by doing metal things while he's being evil. Like, Yeah, because he's not a fucking pussy poser, man. <laughs> well, okay. Well, they, they, they get to the radio station, and uh, I, I there was like a scene maybe one or two before this where he tries to call the uh, radio station, and nobody picks up, and there's just like this fucking guard sleeping. So they they finally arrive and and said guard is dust and the only thing left is his fucking hat and his shoes that are kicked up on the desk. He looks he's he fucking went full pixie stick, dude. He's all over the place. <laughs> oh no. They they of course have music playing all over the place cuz it's a fucking radio station, but I, I love this where they they go in 
And I was having flashbacks to Independence Day. I was waiting for fucking Gene Simmons <laughs> to fucking come up to the window with a wire around his neck, but we don't get that. I wish. I wish that had killed me. <laughs> Die. Peace. No peace. It's so cool though because like it's just like these this purple and blue light with all this electricity like shooting around in the fucking uh, DJ booth and like there's just shit flying around like poltergeist style. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah. And he's like protecting the tape because the tape is playing and being broadcast, so he can like go anywhere, at, anywhere that's uh, has a radio, right? Because he can he like tunes it to that station, then he can like jump out. It's really fucking cool. Um. So yeah. So it's like. I just, I just really like the idea that he is defending it because I feel like that's kind of an understated idea in these types of movies where it's just like, sure. oh, they have a weakness, but it's just very vulnerable. The, the thing that, yeah. that hurts them is always left out in the open or unsupervised or, you know, it's unattended. Yeah. It's it's a little detail, but I thought it was really cool. Yeah, no, totally. So he's like, all right, we got to stop. So, so Eddie figures that out and he's like, all right, fuck, we got to distract him, right? So, okay, so you stay outside the station. I'm going to get in the car and count. He says, like, count to like 100 Mississippi or some shit. And he basically, he throws a uh, a portable radio in the back of the cop car and then is just driving around the station. Well, and he says after 100 Mississippi's, Run in and rip the tape out and destroy it. Um, so he's so he's driving around with this fucking radio in the back seat of the cop car, um, and he's like he's like calling out fucking Sammy Curry. He's like, "Come on, Sam, you're f- oh, you fuck you, man." He's like, "Oh, you're a fucking you're this and you're that," and then he finally calls him a fucking metal poser pussy or some <laughs> shit like that, and that pisses him off so bad that he jumps through the fucking radio into the back of the cop car, but. There's a there's the grating there, right? So you can't get to the front seat, and he's like trying to like rip it off and rip it apart. That's like supercharged electricity at this point too. He's just it's flying yeah. off his body. Yeah, and I don't I don't know if I'm reading too much into this, but I could have sworn when uh, it was cutting back between him driving the cop car, like really gunning it, like 88 miles per hour. Oh, you see some serious shit, dude. Yeah, um, Leslie standing in front of this like. Uh, this fucking tower, this uh, radio tower, and you can kind of see, at least I, this, I, unless I imagine this shit, you can kind of see electricity coming off the tower, and my thought is like, he's ready to just kill Leslie to fuck with Eddie, but Eddie, Eddie insults him one too many times, man, and he can't yep. handle it, he blows his fucking chance for, uh, you know, getting out of this with a, you know, getting out of this, I'd say alive, but I, that's the wrong word, I can't think of the right word. Well, yeah, without being foiled, I think. Yeah, yeah. Because um, he, like, traps Sammy in the fucking car, and this fucking car is driving, and then at one point, it's just, like, full of smoke and lights, because he's just, like, trying to, like, burn his way through this fucking gate. Yeah, because he had, he, like we said before, like, he still has to obey some rules of physical reality, so he can't just reach through right. this fucking cage. He has to, he's trying to pry his way through it. And he is. He's managing to, like, rip it open. So then, fucking... Eddie fucking is just like, fuck you, man. And he drives off the same bridge that uh, um, Sammy tried to kill him on earlier. And he just fucking nosedives into the into the bay. And Sammy Kerr is no more. Yeah, I guess the implication is he basically short circuits him. Um, Yeah. And he makes him he defeats him that way. Also, uh, I don't think Eddie would have survived this. No, no. <laughs> I mean, he definitely, uh, he, he should have passed some tips over to Ray from fucking Venom to help him get out of that situation. 
Roll down the windows before you hit the water so you can just kind of crawl out. Yep. No big deal. Get bit by a couple uh, voodoo snakes and you'll be gold, man. No worries. They definitely won't live inside your body and control you. No. Kill Red Man or anything like that. Would you rather be controlled by Sammy Kerr or voodoo snakes? Sammy Kerr. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that goes without saying. Yeah, that's a lot more fun too, huh? You don't rot or anything, you just electrocute people? You don't become a personality list, you know, drone who, uh, I don't know, is kind of a poor slasher villain. Oh, you're a corpse with snakes inside you. I mean, I mean, to be fair... When Ray, when Ray is taken over by those snakes, as far as we know, his soul goes to wherever it goes. But Sammy, he sold his fucking soul to Satan, so we all know where he's going. So uh, maybe I change my vote to I'll just be Ray and be a zombie, and, you know, my soul's already gone. I have no concern over what my body does when it leaves this plane. You think so? Because he's going to be fucking hanging out with Charles Lee Ray, dude, in Dumbala. I, I think all three of them are hanging out, honestly. Like, they're all kind of in the same circles. No, man, they they abide by different gods, man. You got Dumbala and you got fucking Satan. That's two different guys. Uh, yeah, I guess you, you kind of called my bluff there. <laughs> they're, they're in separate motorcycle clubs in the MCU. <laughs> Yeah, they sure are. But they all go to the same bar. Oh, yeah. But they're always fighting in the parking lot. Yeah, well, yeah, the one at the end of the universe. There's no fighting in the bar. You have to do it outside. No, yeah, oh, yeah. You can't, I, I can't let you fight in the bar, son. Go outside. Charnetsky's bartending? Charnetsky's the bartender. <laughs> this, is, this is getting too real. So, so uh, Sammy Kerr is foiled, and... Um, Eddie is not dead. He he pops up like the fucking Ninja Turtles at the end of part two, and he's like, "Oh, we're safe." He he pops up like the like like what's his face at the end of Deep Rising. Like, oh yeah, he's 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 fucking Pantucci. Um, I it's probably not a reshoot. They probably just had him live, but didn't want to film him getting out of the car. Well, then it cuts back to Leslie just totally destroying this fucking radio station equipment. Dude, it's not just ripping the tapes off. She rips. The, she hits it, rips the tapes off, fucking pushes over the goddamn recording, uh, uh, whatever, the tower, and fucking, it just explodes. Probably about fifty or $60,000 worth of equipment she destroys in about a minute flat. V- via 1986. Yeah, I'd like to know the inflation on that one. It's a lot of big, bulky shit that she's just tipping over and watching it explode. Oh, yeah. Essentially, the, uh, the money that Pluto Nash made domestically. <laughs> but uh yeah so so she destroys everything and then i guess cuts to morning and uh eddie's coming into the fucking radio station still wet you know god knows how many miles this guy had to walk yeah right what the fuck took the bus <laughs> just drop me off at the radio station don't worry about uh... just drop me off the radio station where did you come from the bay i don't worry about don't it. ask me questions guy's probably covered in fucking some kind of slick grease or or some kind of like thing you know virus crawling all over him he probably smells like shit too so i guess the radio station uh and then he has a bit of a closing uh speech but i don't remember what the fuck he says he wakes up leslie because she's sleeping and then they kiss and he's like it's over and then he like and then it's the same opening shot of uh gene simmons uh where it's like the microphone near his mouth and he's like wake up sleepy heads it's party time and then it cuts and then we fucking kick up that fast way track again and it's awesome and the credits roll and you're like fuck that was such an awesome movie yeah and that's <laughs> and that's it yeah <laughs> trick or fucking treat trick or fucking treat indeed so yeah guys what treat is this on our treat bags i got this um and i'm just going to go right for the gut here this is a fucking king size anything you like <laughs> Um, yeah. So for me, it's one of those fucking those th- that four pack of Reese's peanut butter cups uh, that you get from like maybe one house a year. Uh, this movie's awesome. 
Uh, it's really engaging. It's fun. The lore is wacky and interesting. The special effects are great. Sammy Kerr is awesome. I kind of wish we had more of them. Not like, not horror sequelitis more of them, but maybe one or two more. Um, and I kind of think this deserves to have a higher profile than it does. Um, the Gene Simmons and Ozzy cameos are fun. This movie's fucking fun. I, it's it's hard to describe as anything else. It's really amusing, entertaining, and everything about it just clicks. Uh, and outside of that, I don't have much else to add. I love this movie. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> you know, I said this about Night of the Demons last year. I said this that was a king size Snickers bar um for Night of the Demons and and that is probably one of the highest highest compliments I can give a film. But this is also a king size candy bar as well. I'm going to have to piggyback off that, Connor, because goddamn, but I would say this is a king sized, um, whatchamacallit. Okay. And if you don't know what a whatchamacallit is, it's like. Now that's a name I haven't heard in 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, not only is it a nostalgic candy, they still make them, uh, but like, it's like wafers and peanut butter and fucking chocolate and caramel, and it's fucking amazing. Just like this film. And, I mean, we got Kevin Yeager doing the effects. We got fucking Fastway kicking up that fucking hard rocking track. We got Tony Fields as Sammy Kerr uh, being amazing. Probably one of the best uh, bad guys um, ever in 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 an 80s horror movie for sure. Maybe even horror in general. Um it's just it's just such a well-made movie like the the story is really thoughtful um and planned out really well and and executed extremely well and i know <laughs> i know Sean said the guy who directed this directed like air bud and all that dolphin bullshit but like <laughs> yep this is his fucking masterpiece dude this is his magnum opus <laughs> is trick or treat he should have quit while he was ahead but i guess he wouldn't uh, be able to pay his bills i guess not but like Every scene, I mean, from the cinematography to the actual direction of the film, um, it, it is just beautiful. It, it's it's really nice to look at. Um, it's inventive. It's not your run of the mill fucking run and gun horror movie. Um, it's thoughtful, I guess, is what I'm saying. Um, especially the sequences where Sammy appears and any pretty much anything with Sammy is very. Um, they they set that tone so fucking well. Just like between the practical and the and the digital, it just marries very well and it holds up excellent. You know, Mark Price is great as Eddie Weinbauer. He's I, I mean he's bringing it, and it's just. I watch this movie every Halloween, and I, I, you know, I watch, I watch this, and I watch Night of the Demons, um, every year, and I just don't know which one I like better, but I like both of them about the same for different reasons. Like, whereas, like Night of the Demons is this straight up horror film, uh, f- horror gore laden, you know, demon movie, right? But this movie is more like, kind of like coming of age. Uh, 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 um, it, it has a lot more to do with like, they, they, they care about the characters more, I think in this film, especially Eddie and like growing up and being bullied and, and kind of how you deal with that. And, um, and, 
and kind of getting past that and and being yourself, right? So there's like there's kind of like a message here, uh, which I would say would be greater than you know Night of the Demons, where Night of the Demons is just like a good time. Um, this is also a great time, but I feel like it's just a different thing. Um, but yeah, I I fucking love this movie so much. Um, and again, like I'm glad I got to share this with you guys. Um, just like a few other films that we've done uh, so far, but um, yeah. I fucking love this movie. I I, lo- I loved it too, and uh, I, I I think I'm gonna kind of go with Connor to a point here, and it's definitely a peanut butter cup for me. <laughs> um, one of my favorite candies. I, I I think you know, Joe. You said you know, did you like Night of the Demons or Trick or Treat better? And you're kind of conflicted. I I would say I probably like Night of the Demons better, uh, just because it just kind of checks every box I'm looking for in a horror movie. Sure, but uh, this this check different boxes for me where it's like I y- 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 Joe had been telling me about this movie on and off for years and I just never got around to watching it and then now that we did it for the show uh, I'm glad I watched it like I, I feel like I'm definitely going to have this on rotation uh, every year too uh, it's a fun movie it's a concept that I haven't ever really seen in this context like Joe you had mentioned earlier in the episode there's some other films that kind of crib on this idea uh, yeah Black Black Roses comes to mind and even that uh, Deathgasm that just came out but uh... I'll, I'll check out Black Roses I like the name if nothing else Black Roses is the film to watch but yeah I started Deathgasm I never finished it yeah pa- pass for me on that one but th- <laughs> but like Trick or Treat is the film that pulled this off perfectly yeah, but I'm sorry yeah. I, didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt no you. no and uh, I, I just, I really liked how it panned out. Like, maybe the first minute or two, I was like, okay, what am I getting into? And then, like, the rest of the film, I was, like, pretty much glued to the screen. And uh, I can't say that about a lot of the movies we do for this show. Like, like we talk about this sometimes where it's like, we try to do movies that we uh, we like to talk about. But, you know, like we talked about in this episode, unfortunately, we have stuff like Dragon Ball Evolution that just keeps fucking coming back to haunt me. <laughs> Uh, this was not one of those films. This was kind of like Deep Rising or Lawnmower Man, which were both films this year that I really enjoyed, and I didn't really have anything too negative to say about. So, uh, yeah, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup all the way, baby. In fact, it's one of the pumpkin-shaped uh, ones. Yes, you know. it is. <laughs> oh, <laughs> see? Yeah, there you go. You want to know why? Because the pumpkin ones fucking taste better, man. They do. Because there's, m- there's more peanut butter. Not even that it's more peanut butter. It's just festive. It beca- it like literally tastes better because it's shaped like a fucking pumpkin. <laughs> and they actually kind of look like pumpkins, unlike the Christmas ones that most of the time just come out looking like turds. They're supposed to be trees, right? Sure, <laughs> that's what they're going for. It it doesn't. It's a concept that doesn't work nearly as well. <laughs> Zebra cakes figured this shit out years ago. Reese's, get your stuff together. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, really, really enjoyed this film. So that's it. That's Trick or Treat from 1986. Thank you guys so much for enjoying our Trick or Trash month and for participating in our uh, Trick or Trash giveaway. This will be the last episode we do that for. So um, thanks for playing. Thanks for listening. And uh, happy Halloween. Hey, everybody. If you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com. Subscribe to us anywhere you get your podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review if you dig the show because it helps us get out of the bottom of the dumpster and into more eardrums. Yeah, and if you're on the social medias, you can find... Follow us at Movie Dumpster on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. Welcome. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's starting over. (laughs) Oh, no!
I mean, I'll talk about this again for two hours. Thanks for visiting the dumpster and happy Halloween. <laughs> Chancy. I mean, this is Halloween, the night when all the creepy things were supposed to stock the earth. It deals with demons, demon resurrection, and those forces which roam the forest and dark bowers of man's domain. The first few pages warn that these enduring creatures may lie dormant, but are never truly dead. It's Halloween, gentlemen. Halloween! Have you forgotten? They're coming to get you, Barbara. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. Trick or treat. 